Hello, hello, and welcome to the Inglorious Pastors Podcast, where we talk about spirituality, news, and the triumphant return of Brad. Uh, my, name is back, my name is Michael Basinger. With me are Brad Polly. Hey. Matt Polly. Hey. Michael Moncton. Hello. Together we are the Inglorious Bastards. Michael Moncton is back. He is... Sort of. Well, he is... <laughs> He is reporting. He's on location. He's on location. I, I kept meaning to get... Like, Michael, how's the weather? <laughs> I've been meaning to do a helicopter sound effect just so... <laughs> yeah, he needs a helicopter yeah. Oh, my God. But every time he talks... <laughs> <laughs> and we well, like Stan. Like, yeah. um, what was the family guy? What was the guy that did the weather? Ollie Williams. <laughs> Hollywood with the blacky weather forecast. <laughs> it's gonna rain. It's gonna rain. It's gonna rain. It's windy. I do have the almanac, so we should we should do that. Yeah. You did buy uh, the almanac. What's, what's, what's the weather like? This have, you, have you looked through it? I no, because it's stupid. So of course not. <laughs> but <laughs> you bought it anyway. I'm oh hanging out with gosh. you, so I was like doing stupid things in my jam. I guess. Oh no. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, <laughs> Hey, what are you drinking? Hey, hey, I've been thinking that if we're gonna get through this, we're gonna get some. <laughs> yeah, right, buddy. Yeah. Hey, How was that? Damn good. Mr. Moncton, what you drinking there, buddy? Um, or what I have you been drinking? I went to the store and I bought some. Um, apple cider packets and so i mix some of that um with some maple bourbon so it's delicious is that the crown royal yeah it's the best first of all it's first of all it's not bourbon but it is very tasty yeah all right so it's canadian whiskey get your shit did you mix the 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 packet (laughs) if you're gonna be on this podcast i mean you need to know your whiskeys come on man all right ignore them Uh, no 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 get your shit together Michael. Go ahead, say what you want to say. You no, I'm not saying say. shit. No, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> Carry on. Carry on. But I've had that. It is tasty. Yes. <clears throat> it tastes like pancakes. It's fantastic. It's so good. Miguel Tomas Moncton. <laughs> um, what was I going to ask you? Oh, the the, the packet. So the, did you pre-mix that with water, or did you... Um, you just dump the packet with Or whiskey. did you dip it in... Is that all you did? Well, like I'm not whole- on my ass right now, so yes, I mixed it with water. Because <laughs> okay. if you put in just Canadian whiskey, whiskey <laughs> there you go, there you go. Um, better. I would be you're learning illegible right now. I wouldn't be able to talk illegible. to you. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, motherfucker, how much did you drink? Was it night two nights ago or whatever? Um, that was last night. It was Monday <laughs> night. And I no, I just it was one martini. That's all it was. One no, no, no. Oh, there was one no, part where oh, you had like three oh, glasses of wine. Oh, yeah. So fucking mar- So yeah. So so Thanksgiving Eve, I had what I have. Um, <laughs> it's an evening for celebration. God. So I had I, I had a glass of wine. Um, I had a martini, dirty because that's what you do, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Um, some of that olive juice in, baby. right? Yep. Yep. I then I had another half of a martini. Um, and then I Dude, had one martini, and I am on the fucking moon. And then I had those three, things destroy me. Three more olives dipped in the vodka, okay? Because that's because why not? And yeah. then later on, after I later on, I did laundry and had um, a frozen wine cooler 
from the freezer. Oh, dude. I was fucked. Dude, well, that's a lot of mixing. Yeah. Jesus. So I went and did laundry, and I remember walking into the bedroom with my arms full of warm, toasty sheets and thinking, okay, these go on the bed. But what wound up happening <laughs> what wound up happening was is I went to hoist it on top of the bed. I missed the bed completely. So I wound up tumbling in a pile next in front of the bed and laying there for about thirty five minutes just because just all <laughs> a pile warm, of warm clothes. Just all warm and toasty in the warm sheet. It was <laughs> glorious. Boy, that's a You've, you've invented a new drink. It's called the Moncton. It's just olives dipped in vodka. Yeah, that's the exact one you need. Delicious. Do it. A snack and a drink. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Much like Healthy. yourself. Wow. Yeah. You are a snack, my friend. Matt, All I'm right. Taking. What are you guys drinking? Sorry. Uh, I had, during the interview, I had Rare Perfection 14 here, which we've talked about ad nauseum. Yeah, I had yeah. Isaac one of the One of the best fucking whiskeys out yeah. there ever. Uh, and then I'm having Old Elk Bourbon. Which is also delicious. Uh, during Bourbon, the- Michael. Mating. <laughs> bourbon. God damn it. Okay. Just- <laughs> to be bourbon, to be classified as bourbon. No, it stop has it. To- oh, okay. <laughs> he can Wikipedia that. Um, it's got to be at least 51% corn. Yes. Uh during the during the during the interview I had, uh, America put in new ch- new charred new. Stop it! I'm I'm pretty sure I'm 51 percent corn. Does that make me bourbon? <laughs> <laughs> you look like it too. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> um, during the interview I had uh, <laughs> the old Carter uh, barrel strength, uh, 12 year single barrel. It I forgot how good this. Fucking whiskey is man. Yeah, it wasn't I mean, that's cheap. A, either, that's a, so it no, be fucking good. Yeah, it's good. Uh, so I had a couple glasses of that, and now I'm having from uh, the last cereal for dinner from Edmonds Oast Brewing in uh, Charleston, that's South a Carolina. Great beer, man. It's a really good it's beer, really, man. Really good. It's a blonde ale with almonds, vanilla, lactose, and coconut. 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 I had uh, Thomas Bowman. Um, during no, the interview, nope. Isaac Bowman. I, Isaac Thomas Bowman. is his brother. Thomas's brother. His <laughs> cousin brother. who makes Canadian whiskey. And then I had the rare. Perfe- <laughs> now I'm drinking the rare perfection 16 and R15. What's the oldest one? 15. 15. Is that the the barrel strength? The we barrel bought? strength of the regular. He it's doesn't know. Black. Label. Yeah, that was the barrel strength. Yeah, it was know. delicious. It is so good. It, it so tastes good. like, like vanilla in butter. Like it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's what I had to drink, guys. Right. Um, oh, this round, this round is on Tim McMahon. Hey, Tim Max, not the Tim that we Jim's had on brother. the not the Tim Timmy that we Man. had on the podcast. This is a different Tim McMahon. Timmy McMahon. McMahon. Jim's brother. McMahon. I asked, actually asked how to pronounce is the it last McMahon? name. It is McMahon. Yeah, Jim That's McMahon's not how you brother. say it. McMahon. No, it's, it's McMahon. But he, it's pronounced McMahon. No, Jim McMahon's brother. I wonder if he can get his Jim's autograph. I right. need some bears. Do you do as much coke as Jim, obviously. <laughs> do you get some bears memorabilia? Tim is a 30-year-old electrical engineer who lives in Pittsburgh with oh, his fiance. I love Stacey. Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, I need to get Went there. to Pittsburgh with my wife, fell in love with it. Love that city. He is a huge barbecue nerd uh, who also loves backpacking, hockey, and music. His current pub achievements include being cursed out on air by Mr. Brightside himself. Wait, and, what? And finishing this is this has been you. You must have. What did I do? Well, it sounds like you cussed him out on the podcast, apparently. <laughs> what? I, and finishing last in the football league. Another new thing. We're all used to it. And finishing last. I don't know. 
Uh, finish, are, uh, he, Timmy, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know what I said to you, buddy. But we finish all narrator voice. apologies from you. Narrator voice. He wasn't Matt, sorry. Matt, just apologize to everyone, please. Um, <laughs> the this is the airing of grievances. Um, all right. Um, anyway, he he finished last in the football league despite uh, attending the draft and setting his lineup each week, <laughs> <laughs> which is that's, it's pointless, that's Tim. It's that's pointless. Something. At least you did that um, much. Uh, he hopes you enjoy our, or we enjoy our drinks, and asks that you pour one out for all the times you've said in seminary on the podcast without <laughs> even making it a hashtag. That's so. pretty good. That's good. Thanks, old Timmy McMahon. Thanks, Timmy Max. Timmy old Mac. Timmy McMahon. No, McMahon. No, it's McMahon. Isn't there a like like a, they say a it McMahon Pittsburgh. in wrestling or something like that? And Ed, Ed McMahon. No. No. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> that was Johnny Carson's sidekick. Ed McMahon was Johnny Carson's. Are you no, about Robin isn't, Leach's isn't brother? Isn't there like like a like a McMahon something in wrestling? I don't. Yeah. Uh, Vince. Yeah. Vince McMahon. He's like the he owns WWE, okay. or he did, or he does. Like or, like a sports. He's also Ed is he's a different also, old fun white fact, guy. He's also on Trump's like economic something. Advisory board or something. Fuck the W. Fuck the W E E W W E W W E A E W. All the way, bitches. Oh my god, Ed McMahon, fucking unbelievable. I mean, oh, that's what he gives out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He also shows up your door with giant checks and balloons. That's exactly what he was saying. Get those big ass checks. I always get him, him and Robin Leach. Yes, sir. All right, you got to watch old. Old Johnny Carson clips, Michael. What the fuck is going on? It was short enough to where Facebook won't shut us off. <laughs> I hope. Yeah, Lord maybe. Willing. See if our if our viewers go down to zero again. Um, okay, so uh, does anybody have any what the fuck's going on? Uh, no, I don't have anything. All right, I have a real short one. Okay. So I was talking. That's to what she you. said. <laughs> Sorry. Go First ahead. of all, that's what he said. Recognize. Um, <laughs> mm, right? Anyway, so I was talking to my dad on... Um, oh, no. Yeah. On, <laughs> <laughs> Say no more. No, so no more. Me, me and Joel, my boyfriend, video chatted with my parents over the, the Thanksgiving break, and we're talking about just general stuff. We were talking about movies, mm. and uh, my dad was talking about how he just can't stand to watch movies without swear words in them. And <laughs> which is every fucking so movie, he, right? He he literally used the 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 phrase, "Why well, would take a good movie and crap it up with swear words?" <laughs> so mom. here's what I don't crap get. it up. Right. Whereas I'm thinking, crap like, it, up. Crap, it up. crap was a bad word in my house. Here's it makes no sense to me. He also loves Apollo 13, one of his favorite movies. If you've seen Apollo 13... Yeah, Buzz Aldrin's like, look at the moon, motherfucker. I remember that scene. What fucking word is that? So, is okay, it? Help me understand that. like PG-13. What is what? it with... Do you all remember those, those machines back in the day when you could like put a movie in and bleep out the swear words? Remember what that oh, was yeah, called yeah. Like, way back in like, the uh, 90s What was that called? Something it was, angel. It was, it was some machine you'd put in there and you'd bleep it out. Well, we bought one. Oh, it was the uh, Jesus three thousand. <laughs> God, <laughs> I think so, that's what okay. it was called. What? What? Why the fuck is it a thing? Like, what? What? Where's the hypocrisy in? Oh well, let me just just blast any swear words at all. But oh, it's okay if I watch this movie. There's TV tons Guardian. Of them in there. 
TV Guardian. TV Zappy Guardian. I did. That was not on my radar. The Holy foul language shit. filter. We had one. We had one. Like safe so eyes like, for your TV. Good God. Did it where work? Where does this come from? Like, like where where does this like belief of oh well, all swear words are bad, but it's oh, all puritanical movie, shit. Yeah. It's stupid. It's stupid. It is. It is. It's completely stupid. I had I, I had this realization when I was in college. I worked in the kitchen in for like three years in college. And we should get a TV guardian for the podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there wouldn't be any audio. No, I was going to say. And I worked with some people from Zimbabwe and I said the word crap one time, which you would have thought. I muted the mic just there, just now just to, <laughs> to fuck with our listeners. We couldn't hear it, but they you, you would have thought that. I like personally nailed Jesus to the cross because I said the word crap. And that was when I realized I was like, oh, language doesn't fucking mean anything. It's only what doesn't freaking mean. It's only what you what I mean, because you look at like uh, in England, like the word fuck. It's just not even nobody cares. Like, you know, but you say it here. It's like, (gasps) or whatever. It's the same thing with crap. You say crap here. Nobody cares in Zimbabwe. It's literally like worse than the F word, which is what they told me. The people because that they had a reaction. I was like, Whoa, like, did I offend you? And they were like, that word in Zimbabwe is like worse than the F word. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I, you know, so it's like completely subjective. So it's, it's stupid. It doesn't mean anything. Um, I have a, what the F is going on. Like how it's what the F is going on on here. Just (laughs) to, it's just fitting for this one. Uh, uh, somebody said angel ears or angel, angelic ears. Uh, Daniel did angel ears. That's, that's what he, for fuck's sake. Um, (laughs) Um, I here's that a my song in like the eighties. Oh, was Angel Eyes. Angel Eyes, terrible song but by the way. Here was here was my my. Yeah, it's not great. I meant to ask you this last week, Michael, in the in the um the the lightning round. What mm-hmm. is the best thing that one can purchase at Rural King? <laughs> and actually, before that, tell him what you told me about Rural King. I'm not going to admit that hey, on live. Hey, you live said podcast. you said no, uh, you, you better recognize. Come I'm going to say you say better it. rednecked nice. No <laughs> <laughs> fucking sense. Okay, fine. All right, listen. I'm an honest man. I tell okay. the truth. I'll repeat it. it. Okay. So ready. okay, what I said was Real <clears throat> King was not terrible. That's what I said. <laughs> That's all they need. So That's what, what you said was it's awesome. Yeah. No, I didn't say that. No, listen. Again, so I no, we're putting that through our angel ears filter. There are a lot of things in the world that are pretty bad, but aren't terrible. Like, for example, Mondays, pretty bad, but not terrible. Rural Mother, King, motherfucker, you saw bad, live chickens, but not terrible. We showed you, you live ducks, we showed you live baby chickens. ducks and baby chickens. Make it better, I don't fucking care. But you know, I bought you a goddamn plant. You got a succulent, Michael. A succulent. <laughs> I got, Three succulents. <laughs> wow. And a farmer's almanac that you haven't looked at. And a goddamn milkshake from now, McDonald's. I paid for milkshakes that. and succulents. Money, so that doesn't hmm. count. And you got to sing Bob Seeger in the car at the top the of your lungs. That was that was a separate situation. Okay. <laughs> Rural I, King well, rules. Well, just stop. Fine. I, I mean, <laughs> you're from Martinsville, so you're programmed to say that. I am no, I'm not Apple. from Martinsville. You live there. Yeah, but I'm not from your Martinsville. Home is there. You live long enough to clean when it's your home. 
Your family lives there. Like, yeah, well, fair enough. Where else could it go? Where else it's a great, it's a great there? store. You can get anything. You can get old timey maple candy. We've already <laughs> talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> where else can you get underwear and a fucking duck? Yeah, like I mean, it's else? just like there's no other place to wear duck coveralls and or in a gun. fucking AR-15. Like yeah. where else in the world <laughs> can you get all of those things in one store? It's fantastic. And bottles of water and all the supplies you need to make your own laundry detergent. There. <laughs> don't don't exactly. they also have like some pole you can use to, like catch snakes with or something stupid like like a snake catching pole or something? Oh like yeah, that. probably. Yeah, I'm sure. And a 55 gallon drum of motor oil. <laughs> yeah, what real king are you going to where you're trying to catch snakes, man? <laughs> I mean, what are we doing? Trying to catch snakes. Oh, <laughs> oh are you, are you well, a snake handler? <laughs> don't stop. Oh, you mean like cock? Oh, okay, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can we call I you? It. Can we call you resident snake handler? <laughs> no, you, resident snake experts. <laughs> that is not a consensual decision. No, it's okay. Yeah, I, do that. I take it all back. <laughs> I have to wait for Michael's consent. reptile zero. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I don't care if it's a copy of Mammal Zero. I love it. I'm here for anything Zero at the end of it. Oh, God. Speaking of Ed McMahon. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Bum, bum, bum. Right, we should probably not play any more of this. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Facebook is probably going to fucking k- yeah, kill us again. Yeah, that's probably true. God Doc's ever since he's dead. We should have talked more throughout that. Hey, eat shit, Mark Zuckerberg. How yeah. about that? <clears throat> yeah. You robotic <laughs> billionaire <laughs> fuck. That'll well, that'll help. That'll, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That'll yeah, really I doubt he's watching. Thanks. Billionaires can buy you a lot. Billion dogs can buy you a lot of things, but not a good haircut. Apparently, not a haircut <laughs> or decent yeah. clothes. Hey, does anybody, anybody have any uh, poetry? No. Okay. Nah. Poetry's dead. Fuck it. Um all right, let's do uh let's do that 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 thing we do. All mm. right. Okay. <laughs> What's that thing, Michael? The terrible okay. interjection. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you've been around this podcast. <laughs> Meditating with Gary Busey. It's always great to pursue emotional sunshine. <laughs> Is that the same sunshine, sunshine that shines on a dog's ass? Yeah. <laughs> I ain't got a pocket, got a pocket full of sunshine. Oh, boy. Oh, God. Oh, a little Natasha Bedingfield. Oh, that song, song sucks. No, fuck Uh-oh. you. It's awful. It's no, it's fucking awful. It's awful. It's awful. Would you say it's Stop brighter it. than the sunshine? No, it's fucking awful. Well, I'll tell you why. Because... When I worked at Macy's after I, I burned out of ministry, they played that song. If, if I worked an eight-hour shift, I heard that song like well, nine or ten times. That, that's, that's fucking that's awful. Macy's a terrible like radio loop. It's not. It's no. It's it's a shit song. She Stop it. Great song. No, Stop it's terrible. Stop it. I ain't gonna bucket get a bucket full of sunshine. Oh my god! It literally almost makes me gag. I ain't gonna bucket get a bucket full of sunshine. Jesus! Hey, you gotta, I you gotta, hope, you gotta, I hope that's the reason we get we get knocked oh, off of Facebook. God. Oh, oh, uh, uh, oh. All right. Um. Okay. Uh, what just, are we doing? I don't even. I, I don't know. Oh, you're listening to Look on the Bright Side with Mister Brightside himself, Matt Polly. Whatever. Better not play too much of this because it'll shut us down. The light yeah. side of life.
What do you got? <laughs> Brightside, what do you got? I I don't know, man. I've <laughs> That means you don't have one. Okay, next. Well, I mean, we found out today we're getting paid an extra two dollars an hour through December is like a I I said, hey, we're giving we, you all COVID. Here's two bucks. I, an I hour. guess. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, you can enjoy spending this when you're dead. Hey, we, we had a record for fucking you, year, and we know that somebody just died last week from the factory because of COVID. Yeah, that's called. Uh, here's two dollars. I'm trying hour. to buy you away from lawsuits. Is what yeah. that's called. I mean, whatever. I mean, I'll spend it, but like, that's <laughs> like, yeah, whatever. It works on me. <laughs> all I know is I, t- I took two shits today, and I got day. paid two extra dollars an hour to do that. So, whatever. All right, Matt's getting more money. Michael, what, what, what's going on with you? So I would say the holidays. Um, <clears throat> usually I hate them with an intense passion. I've spent like the last, um, besides going to see, like spend like a dinner with friends, um, which is, I mean, it's fine, but you still the third wheel, which kind of sucks, Michael, right? what the fuck are you doing, man? What? God. What? No, <laughs> not you, Michael. The other Michael. <laughs> the really annoying. The annoying Michael. Michael. God. What? Just trying to get the party started, guys. Yeah. What's great is the people listening to this are not going to have a fucking clue what's going on. The four people that are watching it live in the Pastor Speakeasy really got a good show. Oh, man. Um, so yeah, so I usually hate them. They're, yes. they're terrible. Um, the tree's looking good though. Yeah. Well, so that's part of it, right? So this holiday is season is a lot different. Mm-hmm. And, um, you got like, a boo, I, buddy. so yeah, on Wednesday night, which is one of the reasons why I a got boo buddy or a boo. Boo is because like I was, up. I was feeling this like, you know, apprehension and just dread of the holidays and the holiday blues or whatever you want to call it. And, but it was really good. Like it was just different, like when you're when you're single and you're live by yourself without family around, the holidays fucking suck. Yeah. Like every single person you see who's happy, you want to punch them in the face. Like it's just well, no, literally, like it's really bad, and you get used to it. And I like used to myself to like hate them in my spirit, um, but this year is different, and I'm I'm like I this was I've never had a tree before in my entire life. My first tree is an adult I've ever had ever. So that was that was the thing going and buying it and decorating it's a lovely it. Lovely tree that's also proving that girth doesn't matter. Appreciate that. <laughs> Appreciate that. It's a it's a Listen, slim one. Long and slim and firm. <laughs> well, that's the best. And a little prickly. <laughs> but damn. well, but well decorated. A little shiny, <laughs> sparkly, a little bit of glitter. Oh nice boy! Big balls. Yeah. <laughs> Are they blue? Are your are your balls blue? There actually are a couple on there. Okay. Are they right next to each They're other? Right at the bottom. Like of the, how, at the bottom of the tree. I like how he's trying to do like this nice thing and like talk about it sincerely. We're like, hey, your tree looks like a long skinny you, penis. So you, your tree, your your tree is beautiful, but I do think that like as. <laughs> so we have committed. We're gonna we're gonna send you a microphone. So next time you're on here, you're gonna have that. But I think we should also send you some truck nuts for that. <laughs> you know what? So I've been looking for a tree topper. I don't have a tree topper. Oh, you we gotta tr- fashion some truck nuts. Oh into my a tree god! Yes. The nuts have to go at the bottom. They can't. No, be I, know, I know enough people that can weld around here. <laughs> <laughs> well, weld me some truck nuts. That'd be awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh! So fitting for yeah. 
my decor. Yeah, we need some truck nuts for, the, yeah, for that sure tree. Would you put them on that tree? Just see what Joel says. Um, <laughs> see if he notices. You need to put so, some truck nuts on and see how long it takes him to notice. Because I'm not kidding. I will send you truck nuts. <laughs> We've got all kinds of that's what the pastor, income, man. That's what the pastor's podcast is for, is, is for so, to send so you truck nuts. What you said is when I lowered my Patreon um, commitment by yeah, a dollar thanks for that. today, that <laughs> yeah, was perfectly fine. That. You probably don't need it. Yeah, that dollar was well, really going to break you, huh? Well, yeah, thanks, thanks for that. He says living in the most expensive city in fucking Indiana. Yeah, thanks for that, buddy. Um <laughs> But I do feel like right. you if you'd have fucking moved to Martinsville like we asked you to, you could have afforded that dollar. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, so remember what you talked about how happy I was at the holidays. If I lived there, I'd be fucking miserable. Like, yeah, it's true. Because first of all, I live in I live in Martinsville. Motherfucker, you'd be across the street from me. Maybe. No, it's I'm not, not across the street. Oh, that, that was sad. <laughs> what would I do there? What am I going to do? Go to fucking roll King with you every day? There's nothing to do. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. There's or Taco Bell. We can go to Taco Bell. I actually have taste. And, we can hit twenty one north. We have one. Well, after, we have one. You have Taco Bell. You won't have taste. We have one have really anything. nice. We have one really nice restaurant in town and one really good pizza place. Hang out with us, you'll get COVID, and then you definitely won't have any taste. <laughs> <laughs> Can't confirm hot there right now. Yeah. You need to hang out with Mammal Zero before that yeah. happens. <laughs> Don't be friends with Brandon Andrus. <laughs> nope. yeah. Step one. Gave COVID <clears throat> in the bat. Nah, I'm good. All right, uh, Brightside. Uh, do you have any more Brightside? Just no. The holidays Christmas. were good. For holidays were good. good. Uh, we're, Matt, happy, we're happy for you. No, I'm happy. For, I'm. I'm going to say I'm happy for Michael. Hey, that's your bright side. No, but I, I'm happy for him. It's not my bright side either. So yeah, <laughs> uh, I know we give you a lot of shit, but we're really happy for you. Yeah. Um. Uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah. Fucking yeah, weird yeah, yeah. this year. Weird yeah, as fuck. Thanksgiving. It was so good. You're normally. Right. My family, we go up to Mandy's family. Normally, I'm like in South huge, Carolina. A huge thing. We decided this year that is absolutely not happening because I will not be responsible for killing any of my family, in-laws. Yeah, that's a good plan. Whatever. So uh, the fact that we've all fucking had COVID, uh, we just had we just came down here as a family to Matt's and like. Yep. It was just really nice. Like it was. It was laid back. But you realize it was in Matt though. Well, I know, but like Beth was here, so it was still, yeah, okay. it was still fine. That, that Motherfuckers, like, <laughs> why? <laughs> Fucking why, Michael? Because it's the truth. Yeah, you remember that next time you want to come down to my house? So, dick. <laughs> again, why do we think I'm here in my house? Yeah, he's not hanging out with us. So anyway, from COVID. Yes, exactly. It was just really nice. It was really laid back. It was. Like when my oldest two got tired of being here because they're a teen. Well, one is a teenager, one is almost a teenager. He's a tween. They just fucking walked home. Yeah, like yeah, it's nice. I mean, we just sat. We had good food. We had way well, too much food. Mandy went home, took a nap, came back. Yeah, <laughs> Beth took a nap. You and I watched football. Like it just, it was yeah. just really nice. It Jude was and Miles played together. Yeah. It was it was completely different than anything I had ever done. Like because yeah. usually. Our Thanksgivings have always either it's we were growing up, it's always at mm-hmm. our family where it's a shitload of people, or I'm up at Mandy's family. I've always been in South Carolina with Beth's family. It like, was just really yeah. nice to like have a small, laid back. Yep. Like I just fucking wore sweatpants. Like it just you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like right. it was just yeah. I just sprawled out on the couch mm-hmm. and we watched football and let everything digest. Like it was just it was just really nice, man. Yeah. It was just a completely different it's one of those things where, like, this year has been such a fucking mess. And Christmas so probably many will ways, be too. In so many ways, but, like, 
there's been so many interesting things that have sort of come out of all of this because you have to sort of, in a lot of ways, you just kind of have to punt. Yeah. Yeah. You know well, what I'm saying? Like, you, do, you you, not, do you not think that COVID has taught us how to live differently and mm-hmm. new, new ways of simpler. enjoying holidays, enjoying yeah. simpler, not stressing I'm, ourselves the fuck. Not not that family time is bad because that's gonna be no, but it's it can that. be stressful for yeah. sure. But it's like yeah. it's doing it differently, and it's okay. Like yeah. you know the freedom yeah. to just relax more and not just stress the fuck out about yeah. you. Yeah, just chill. Right? Yeah, for sure. Yep, yep. I think that's. Hey, true. by the way, speaking of holidays, uh, we doing Waffle House for Christmas Day again. Oh, we should try to figure that out. Motherfucker, we need to. You did Waffle House on Christmas Day? Last year, wasn't it? Mm -hmm, And I went to Waffle House on Christmas Day. Christmas Mm -hmm. morning, yeah. Waffle House Um, on 37 and 65. That's what I learned about um, Chunked and Peppered. That's you. You taught me that. Oh, dude. I will will teach you how to eat. (laughs) Scattered, smothered, covered, and chunked, man. That's where it's Um, at. I do the, whatever the tomatoes, Mm. tomatoes, jalapenos, onions, and... Oh, what's the other one? Shit. I can't do oh, the jalapenos. Ham. Ham. I want too fucking old. Pepper to be my nickname. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And and done. Yes. Well, that's <laughs> chunked and peppered. Uh done. so yeah, I anyway, that that's just my bright side. It was it was just different, <laughs> but it was good. Like I enjoy my in-laws. Like I actually I'm weird and mm-hmm. I actually like my in-laws. So mm-hmm. like I was really sad that we didn't get to go up there, and I know Mandy was bummed. You know, because she hasn't seen her family in fucking months. Yeah. Um, but it was just really different and laid back <laughs> and nice. Like, it was just, I don't know. It was good. Yep. So, Michael? Um, so, uh, low-key Thanksgiving as well. It was just my my uh, wife and my two kids. Um, it was super. I mean, we still, like... Put on our nice clothes and still did it. It was, nice. it, it was yeah. Um, it was funny. My my uh, my son, like he just he was in his pajamas and like next thing I knew, he was like wearing a, a nice dress up button up shirt. <laughs> it was like so fucking, awesome. He's got like a fucking ascot. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Dude, Diggory would look amazing in a smoking jacket oh with an ascot. God, that needs to happen. <laughs> yes. So he. Uh, so it, it was good. We just we were super low key. We watched the parade. Um, <laughs> we, that was kind of fun too yeah. in the pub. Like, yep. you did a thread in the pub. Yeah, we about, do it every year so about I was the just parade. Like, Let's just do it. I was, it was the fucking asleep. saddest fucking parade yeah. I've ever that seen. Was so that sad. was pathetic. It was, it was so sad. It. So depressing. Oh yeah, God, so, it, it was really good. Was. We we played games and you know did the things that we normally do with my extended family. Um, but it was the first time. I think it was like the first holiday that we've had as like. Well, I guess Easter. Where it's just us, yeah. You know, there there wasn't. Well, I, yeah, it's it doesn't happen very often. Yeah, though, and I don't know what Christmas is going to look like either. Yeah, so it's just yeah. Christmas Eve will probably do with mom and dad, but outside of that, man, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. No, because I don't want to kill my grandmother. No, I will yeah. not be the one that kills my grandmother. She's no. such a. It's my last living grandparent. I know. And yeah. She's a fucking saint. I will not be the and one. She's to, immortal. Like I don't yeah, want to be the yeah. one that like. Yeah. Yeah. We also <laughs> got a, a tree and decorated that, so we chopped yeah. down our tree. Uh, for that, yeah, we nice. did too. We chopped ours down at Kroger. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> I got mine out of the box, thing. out of a shed, out of yeah. the shed. Do they have Christmas trees at Royal King? Uh, uh, yeah, I believe yeah, so. They probably they do. do. They have yeah. like real trees. See, there. Michael, you they can get a duck, trees. a Christmas tree, and like a shotgun, some sort of racist T-shirt. I got, I got mine in an actual <laughs> in a Ford hat. In a Ford hat, it's a fucking yeah. magical place. <laughs> you see, everything you could possibly need as a human being is at fucking Royal King, man. Yeah. 
so that that was that was that was good. We actually went to Hunter's Honey Farm and oh, did you yeah. really? Nice. I've never been God, there. I haven't either. You've never been no, there. No, I've either. been there so yeah. many times. It's uh, it. could be because that one of the <laughs> great honey, the guy that owns is the old one of the elders that came over to fire me. Yeah, <laughs> there is um, that. Uh, he's 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 fine. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um, he was new. Yeah, he was a new guy. They brought the new guy to fire. Yeah, poor guy. Yeah, he can go fuck himself. Um, no, no, he makes great honey, and it was delicious. They've got bourbon. Barrel. Yeah, his honey's great, but he can go they, fuck himself. They've got <laughs> no. He's no. He can go fuck himself. No, he cannot. Yeah, honey farm. Is that what it is? It is a honey. It's farm. a honey farm. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, they've got bourbon barreled honey. Did we buy honey so sticks good. at the fall festival last year? Oh yeah, I get them all. The Those time honey there. sticks, I like you just bite the ends them. off of them. Just yeah, I love yeah. honey sticks. That's God, they're so strong. good. They and good. you just. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's only one company that makes those honey sticks. By the way, so if you ever had them, they're it's the same. Well, now we're gonna be banned from Facebook. That'll do it. That's it. Now we're gone. And then my last. There's only one person watching. So my last bright side is Mandalorian Chapter 13. Holy shit! No spoilers. No, no spoilers. But God, I'm watching God. it tomorrow on my day off. So, yep, my, Beth and I are all caught up now. We're what? Yeah, Fridays are Mandalorian day with Beth. It's going to be awesome. Chapter 13, The Jedi. Oh. Uh, it's one of my faves. So, no spoilers. Um, Might be the best episode they've done. I mean, people are saying it. There's, it, there's some, I hot, got, some hot goss about it for I, sure. <laughs> Ryan Goss? Yeah. Ryan Gosling? Is yeah. that what you saying? Yeah, okay. No, he's overrated. No, what? Stop. Wait, you're a you like Ryan Gosling? He's yeah. a fucking weird looking. What man. are you, Pete? Holmes? What's your favorite Ryan Gosling movie? Rated oh, one to three. <laughs> Remember the Titans? Um, he was a fucking um, liability at quarterback. It's was the one he with with Emma Stone? Wasn't it that crazy stupid love or whatever? Where he? No, that's the dance. Wasn't that no, the, that was uh, the uh, Eat Pray Love. That's the one the where that chick goes to. No, that's not it. No. Was he in the Notebook? That's the one where Aaron Brockovich goes to like India or something. No, right? that's no. not it. No, the notebook was a terrible. No, movie. the one with Emma Roberts was, was the uh, won an Oscar, didn't it? Isn't that the dancing? Uh, L.A. Dance? something L.A. Or no, Dream Dreamland, Moonland, Dream Mo- Moon La La Land, La La Land. That's it. He was in the notebook. Oh, that was terrible. La La Land was awful. Wait, yeah. I thought that's, that's the one what you, you were just talking said about. it was. Um, no, Crazy Stupid Love. That's my favorite one. He was in oh, the, what's um, the one where he stomps that guy's face into pudding in the elevator? <laughs> movie was that no that was uh, edward norton no 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 no, no no it was definitely right drive yeah drive. Uh, like yeah. literally just just stomps a guy into pudding pete holmes has some great bits with Ryan, Look, about Ryan Gosling. that's all that matters wait it's Sorry. hot that he stomps a guy's yeah, face into sure did you ever watch lars and the real girl yeah. <laughs> what that was pretty good one that was good too what lars and the real girl okay I, okay i want to say with a mannequin the dude can't play cornerback for shit that's all no I'm he can't he's a liability is a terrible movie. What is it? It's a notebook, okay? Oh, yeah. Listen, I saw this movie. Um, I think it was in high school. Like, I think it was a senior in high school. And I was on a date with a girl. Ooh, okay. That's what turned so, me gay. The notebook. <laughs> I know. Well, I sat there, and, like, mm. it was, like, me and three other guys and three and two other girls, right? Um, and so we're sitting there, and we're, like, the girls are crying, because this movie is apparently so fucking sweet, and I'm sitting there, and the last scene where like they both just die together, like what? Just that's Romeo and Juliet. Spoiler alert! Like, this is the that's Romeo and Juliet. Everyone has seen it. Okay, it's it is the Notebook. This dumbest. Oh, I hate that movie. Nicholas Sparks is just like his, his goal is to harvest the tears of America. Like that is his goal. <laughs> like every fucking movie what? is like. It's yes. also. That's- that's also Trump's campaign slogan in 2024. Yeah. 
<laughs> Harvest the Tears of America. Yeah. <laughs> make America cry again. <laughs> oh, all the Nicholas like, Sparks, make America cry again. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, all right. Uh, Do we have anything else? No, no. I think we're good. I think we're done with the bright no, side. We've really, uh, really uh, uh, squeezed out all Yeah, the- we sure did. <laughs> Squeeze the marrow out of that bitch, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we did. <laughs> really juice that motherfucker. Yeah, we uh, we did it. We milked no, that. Please stop. We milked it. Stop. We will get kicked off Facebook because it'd be all your fault. Lock <laughs> up your fears, dry all your tears, refill your beers. We're headed into the newsfeed. That is just yeah. a chunky baseline, man. It is, man. Just filth. Like, it is. It's like curdled milk. Just pure such an Andy Moore filth. <laughs> curdled milk uh, chunks. All right. Uh, do you want the good one or the... Uh, the let's do the good one. Let's do the good one first because it's going to be downhill after Incredibly that. caring gay penguin couple hatch a second neglected egg after the zookeepers notice them trying to hatch a rock. What? What? Meet Sven. Sven. Not Sven. S-P-H-E-N. Sven. And magic. <laughs> like Steven with a PH. <laughs> the only- Steven. Fuck that guy. Steven. 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 My name's Finn. My name's Finn. Uh, the only. <laughs> God, I love those memes. Not only the only gay penguin, also the only penguin with a lisp. Uh, the, o- the only. <laughs> Meet Finn and Magic, the only same sex couple at Sea Life Sydney Aquarium who first bonded two years ago. It was around that time when the two were given a spare egg to hatch after they'd been hatching a rock. Spare egg. Fast forward to today. Get a spare egg over here. Have, Fa- a, ch- have a chicken. But ha- get him a rooking. Fa- get him a rooking. Fast forward to today. <laughs> yeah. Their firstborn, Lara, is now out and about enjoying her adult life, but Sven and Magic still have their parental instinct kicking. And now the aquarium's, quote, power couple has made everyone happy again by becoming proud dads for the second time. Nice. If one of our pairs has too many eggs, sometimes foster the. Or, too many eggs are not good at looking after their eggs. People sometimes foster these eggs out to other pairs like Sven and Magic. We gave Sven and Magic an egg to incubate as they have proven to be good parents in the past. The There's staff- a great episode of Parks and Rec where yeah. they married two gay penguins. Yep. The yeah. staff described the pair as attentive and incredibly caring, which just makes them the most lovable penguin parents out there. So this is... See? <laughs> Gays can raise Look, kids. This is Sven Damn and- right. Oh my Damn god, right. that's so great! They, they made a <laughs> rainbow heart snow, oh, like nice. a snowball for them. Uh, that's cute. It's fucking fantastic, yeah. man. It really is. Like, so I just think this is just the coolest story ever. Yeah, I just think funny. it's fun. It, yeah, two penguin dads just doing what they do. Yep. you know. So and uh, now for the oh man, did it? Oh shit! Did you lose it? I, it's it stopped loading. Fuck. Matt, go, you do one and I'll come back. Right. Uh, <clears throat> from the Guardian. Where news comes first. <laughs> no, it definitely doesn't. Uh, Aust- Austrian Village changes its name. Where she comes first. <laughs> oh, God. You just had to, dude. What? Had to. Stop. <laughs> so, at one point, there was a town in Austria called Fucking. Yeah. I knew that. They were the residents are called fuckingers. <laughs> fuckingers? Yes. <laughs> residents so of an Austri- Austrian village will ring in the new year under a new name. <laughs> Good day, mate. Good day, mate. 
Uh, residents of an Australian... Put Aust- another shrip on the barbie. <laughs> residents, of, residents of an Austrian village will ring in the new year under a new name, Fugging. F-U-G-G-I-N-G. Oh, come on, lean no, into it. No. After ridicule of their signposts, especially on social media, they finally grew... This line, they finally grew weary of fucking <laughs> its current name. <laughs> They're all out of breath. Somebody went to journalism school just to write that yeah. line. It's, um, <laughs> apparently, it dates back to the 11th century. Um, what, fucking? Yeah. I think it goes way back. <laughs> farther <laughs> way back. back since the dawn of yeah. time. It's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Eve. Increasing numbers of English-speaking tourists have made a point of stopping to snap pictures of themselves by the signpost. The signpost also they get stolen, obviously. Of course. Like, what do you think their high school mascot is? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> the beast with two backs. <laughs> Just two tigers fucking each other. <laughs> Just sixty nining. Those are the fucking sixty niners. That's the fucking mouthfuls. It's a, it's a moist sock. <laughs> <laughs> My God! Um, oh. <laughs> it's a voice. <laughs> <laughs> so it what, crunches what? when it walks. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's got like base so. stains all over it. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, I'm so sorry. Um, why oh, why is it a little red? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to get that checked out. Um, locals had previously found their village in the news uh, oh, after man. it was a backdrop for a book by Austrian novelist Kurt Palm, <laughs> Kurt Palm <laughs> which was later turned into a... We don't believe in divine providence. Yeah. Which was later turned into a film named Bad Fucking. <laughs> what? The village was first officially inhabited in about 1070, but local lore suggests that a 6th century Bavarian nobleman called Faco. <laughs> Faco! Bert Faco! It's pronounced Faco. Ah, uh, yes. Of the Adolf Facos. <laughs> Actually, Faco. A map dating from 1825 uses spelling F-U-K-I-N-G. This is the last line in the article. Just across the border in Bavaria, Germany, there's a village called Petting. <laughs> what? Sister the cities. See, petting does lead to fucking. <laughs> no, what they told us in high school was yeah. true. <laughs> he- heavy petting. Oh, heavy petting. God. <laughs> okay, Brad, what's your other one? Uh, okay, well, this teenager D gloves penis and invert scrotum and bike crash. What? Wait, what? D gloves? D gloves penis. <laughs> it inverts scrotum and bite. Is that where you take it out of the sock? No, that's where you take the skin off of it. Oh, D gloves. He, fill- he filleted his peen? That's a, a new medical McDonald's a new, <laughs> a new medical case report tells the story of how a teenager Peen quote degloved his penis and ripped o- open his scrotum after suffering a freak oh. accident on his bike. Filet of peen. The fourteen-year-old boy was cycling one-handed at walking pace along pavement while holding a drink when he collided with a parked car. Somehow, the handlebars ended up impaling his groin. He was rushed to A and E at John A and E. It's a shitty. 
Is that channel still exist? Yeah. Uh, no, it's called something else now. Yeah, it's called uh, Court TV. Or... No, I don't think it's Court TV. <laughs> Uh, at John Radcliffe Hospital in the British city of Oxford, where doctors found a large gash extending across his groin, the pubic bone, and down into the perineum. Oh. <laughs> they want you to know a part of the body between the anus and genitals. Yes, thank you. No, it's it's okay. Okay. The, the injury also ripped and inverted his scrotum and partially degloved the penis. For those blissfully unaware of what degloving means, it describes an injury when the skin is completely torn off the oh. underlying tissue oh. and its blood supply is severed. My God. The teenager's injuries were so severe, doctors were able to see his corpus cavernosa, part of the penis's sponge tissue, and tunica vaginalis, the membrane that covers the testicle. So, I mean, this dude just, just made fucking ground beef out of his groin. God, did he run it through a grinder? That's like running it through a bandsaw. Corpus Cavernosa was my nickname in high school. All right, all right, all right, all right wait, wait, wait. Can you from, read, read from, that sentence no, no, again? No, wait, 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 wait. I got, no, this is better. From, from the makers of Vitalis. Corpus Cavernosa. But no, you said vina- uh, tunica vaginalis. That was my nickname. From the makers of Vitalis comes tunica vaginalis. Hair tonic for your nuts. <laughs> when your ball hair just adds uh, enough. So uh, they basically were able to somehow like heal it, degrind it, regloove it. I don't know how that works, how but they like. Heal it? Uh, I I mean, they lay, I'm guessing they lay hands on it. His peen is a Picasso. Yeah, seriously, skin grafts. I have no idea. His, uh, his dick is a. It does say Andy Warhol painting. Uh, it said it, during he a up now. During, <laughs> during a four week follow up appointment, he reported having normal sensation in the area. Yeah, I bet. It's a four year old. I've been working at jerking it fine, Doc. Uh, and experienced no problems peeing. It's unclear whether the injury will affect his sexual function. Well, oh, he could probably I, tell I you. It's pretty fucking clear. Like, uh, it says, um, <laughs> I gotta do some research. As far as they can tell, doctors believe this is the first known case of such an injury caused by bike handlebars, although the case report does note an incident with a 49-year-old man who suffered a similar penis injury after crashing a snowmobile. <laughs> they also write that the majority of penile degloving injuries <laughs> are the result of dog attacks, no. industrial machine accidents, Matt, watch your dick, yeah. and sexual and quote, corn and quote sexual misadventure. What are you doing to deglove your penis? Potato like, peeler. Let's I mean I've gone at it pretty hard before. But like <laughs> at no point. At no point was I close to degloving my penis. I had Good a, God! I had to bent a little bit. My like, God! What in the little sexual misadventure? What? What kind of eyes wide shut shit are they? Are you doing? How bad do you want to no, get off? That's not eyes wide shut. That's the lust section from seven to Man. where you keep going. It, it feels painful. You're 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 so rubbing your skin off of your peen. In case you're, you're having like, I gotta a, finish. In case you're having sex with a meat grinder, with a fucking combine. God, <laughs> telling you, corn checker. <laughs> All the way. So yeah, there you go. So there's that. Oh God, that is disgusting. In, in, uh, in sexual news, uh, <laughs> Kazakhstani bodybuilder <laughs> marries sex doll after whirlwind romance. Wow. Well. 
Yeah. I, I mean, what the fuck? I just this don't, article. I don't understand. <laughs> proving that love is blind and sometimes kooky. A bodybuilder from Kazakhstan has tied the knot with his dearly beloved. A sex doll he dated for eight months before proposing a year ago. I just don't understand. Clad in a black tux and bow tie, Yuri Tolochko. Black is, tux and bow tie. Is seen planting a gentle kiss on Margot. I don't know, Margot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. Place the carpet all wet, Todd. I don't, I don't know, Margot. <laughs> who appears a bit, st- bit stiff in her revealing white gown well. as she clutches a bouquet of flowers and stares into the distance. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I'm oh. just going to read this. Always staring into this the is, distance. This is beautiful. <laughs> Wait, what's her name? Margo. Old Margo Deadeyes. Yeah. I wonder who walked her down the aisle. <laughs> he dragged the Terminator. Mr. Roboto. He's, he's got her on a handcart. Mr. Roboto he puts did. her up the aisle on a handcart. <laughs> the couple also shared a romantic first dance <laughs> in front of dozens of guests who attended the wow. traditional ceremony. What the hell? It's happened to be continued, the actor and bodybuilder wrote, after slipping a ring onto his bride's finger. Uh, they got dancing e- with the sack of potatoes. Which <laughs> <laughs> what this is. And then fucking the sack of potatoes. Oh, God. The unconventional couple got engaged in December 2019. Oh, you potatoes mashed. Like I, well, apparently he does, too. It's a little butter on top. Well, he does, too. Oh, okay. uh, he provides the butter. I just don't now. understand this. Um, there's a picture of him in the tub with her. Um, in, the po- <laughs> in one post of them working out together. What? He what? Couples. No, you're not working out together. You're not. She's not the real. Couples man. who work out together. Stay <laughs> together. Said, Telasco said he met Margot at a nightclub no, where, where he rescued her from some unwanted attention. Dude, so this he is walked fucking into weird. a place. Somebody was what? fucking. This cannot even be real. It can't adding, be real. Adding he had planned to take the plunge in March before the coronavirus pandemic. Hopefully, oh my god. Hopefully he cleaned fuck? her out before then. <laughs> What? I just don't under I don't understand. You take so many like what protein shakes that your mind just starts turns to mush. I just don't get it. Like so, steroids make you he, idiot. I, like he, I just so according to this, he identifies as pansexual. Uh, okay, fine. I don't care about that. But like, what? Our story turns me on so much more than sex itself. He added that he also <laughs> has BDSM. Okay. He's. A, I love being tortured. I can endure a lot of pain. She can't torture you. I love She's Doll. I love to dominate too. Margot is capable of what other people are not. See, this is what happened to that. Oh, this is fuck. This is what happened to that guy who got his pain filleted. <laughs> yeah, he said it was a bike. Doll. So yeah. the only requirements she doesn't for, care. The only requirements for a wedding to take place in Kazakhstan are that both consenting partners have to be male and female over eighteen years old, with no mention of whether okay. dolls are. There's no way she's eighteen. She she's got to be like six she's months, nine months. Consenting partners. I just don't understand this, That requires this, man. an action on both partners' parts. <laughs> the fucking pictures of him laying next to her. No, I just don't. I don't get it, How man. How do you like, I really, rubber? I just don't. I, I try not to be judgmental it's, with it's, this shit. That, well, that if, shit is sick. If you want to fuck a sex doll, okay, whatever, man. Like, you do you. But don't anthropomorphize it. But don't act it. like this is like a living thing. Right. Like, yeah. marry it. Like, come on. I mean, it's a literal cum dumpster. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's I, literally yeah. all it is. Like, it's literally, <laughs> it can't give you love. It can't give you any sort of connection. It is literally a cup full of cum. I never <laughs> pretended that my sock had feelings. I mean, I just don't understand this shit. 
<laughs> I, I just don't. I don't hey, my, get it. Hey, Michael Moncton. You know what it means when the sex doll's nose runs, right? Stop it. It means they're full. Stop. God damn it. Stop it. Fucking stop. Get off this story. We have got to get off this story. Stop it. <laughs> He's not getting off you of need, it. No. You need to empty it. This guy's a bodybuilder. He can't find a living person. Is she dishwasher safe? I don't care if you're pansexual. You I don't have to think, wash her up. Here's the thing. Pants. I'm fine with pansexual. This doesn't come under that umbrella because it's not a person. <sighs> it's a cum filled piece of rubber. Like, it isn't a person. Fuck. I mean, this would be like marrying a gym sock and being so like, tired. well, she loves me. She just lays there and takes it. You got like, I just don't. Me. I don't. Oh, how she loves I just me. don't no. understand. Yeah, Chris Tomlin, write a, write a chorus to that <laughs> oh, one, buddy. You got uh, so angry about it. I am. It's <laughs> fucking ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. I hate it so much. If you want to fuck a sex doll, I have whatever, man. Like I said, if you want to just hump a rubber ass saw, all day long, I don't care. But like, you, ooh, they, you have, can't you can marry this too? thing. You don't marry it. it, it it's a, it, not an actual person. This is the line. It, it, it's just, it's just fucking stupid. It's stupid. Stop it. <laughs> fuck saw, your sex I doll. Saw, <laughs> I saw a comment. I'm sorry, but if you love it, you still can't put a ring on it. In this instance, so well, I saw, I saw, a, I saw a comment on this article that said, if, "If she's crying, it's not because she's sad; it's because she's full." Well, oh, God. God damn it, Michael! Please oh. save us. What do you have? <laughs> this is how bad it is. I'm asking Michael uh, to uh, save Michael us. Michael hasn't gone. The other Michael hasn't gone yet. Uh, <laughs> I do have a story. Is it about uh, a God calm damn. dumpster? Also, well. <laughs> Okay, so here's it's the, about here's a non-sentient gum dumpster. <laughs> so Jesus pilots Christ. pilots use jet to draw peanuts in the sky in support of masturbating footballer. Um, <laughs> this is from Metro.co.uk. Or is all your news, Metro? Yeah, exactly. So two pilots under investigation for allegedly maneuvering their passenger jet through the air so that it drew the shape of a penis in the sky. The they do loop de loops. It was a passenger jet. Yeah, Jesus, Jesus. man! Everybody's like the, the whole plane's covered in vomit, but at least we drew a dick in the air. My God! The phallic-like turns were captured on flight tracking software and were apparently a bizarre sight of solidarity with the Russian football team's captain. The oh, it was in Russia. There the you go. unnamed crew of the Russian. Um, Fedoba airline are reported to in have Soviet flown. Russia. Dick draws you. <laughs> exactly. Reported to have flown the plane that drew a penis to back their country's team captain, Artem Dzyuba, who was suspended mm. from international duty. Means guy footage, who jerks a lot. Yeah. After footage of showing him appearing to masturbate in bed was leaked online. So a video. If he was in bed, who gives a shit? Yeah, yeah. This is a crime. Apparently, apparently on death row. I don't know. In Russia, I don't I've been know. SQ executed multiple times for this. <laughs> Jesus, I've been on death row since I was thirteen. Oh, shit. <laughs> a video highlights the alleged X-rated detour taken by flight DP four hundred seven in route Wait, to, Mos to DP? Moscow. Dick pick. No, that's not what DP means. <laughs> Just keep going, please. Does <laughs> um, anybody want to enlighten Michael? No, what DP mean? Nobody cares. En route to it's... Moscow on November 11th. 
Um, Kremlin owned RT called yeah, it a baldy, yeah, you Google that. A baldy flight. <laughs> a video highlights the alleged X-ray detour taken by flight. But question DP whether the alleged gun was a big route. Wait, what happened? Yeah, what just happened? That was me. Uh, what were you doing? I was. It, don't worry about it. <clears throat> Brad was getting on the comments. <laughs> so this was probably the way in which Phobida Airlines captains e- expressed their support to Russian team captain Artem and showed their added their attitude to being bullied. Oh, okay. Said a spokesman <laughs> for the air- <laughs> Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Michael just got educated. <laughs> the, the old, the old two and one. Yeah. yeah. The old it, was later, it was confirmed later on that, that the Federal Air Transport Agency is investigating the phallic protests. Does it count as double city? penetration if it's one of us a sex doll? <laughs> Um, the one the middle is the crew requested permission for air maneuvers due to a need to check the radio navigation equipment. And it shows a picture. We have to put it in the pub. It's a picture of the flight path. It is literally a penis with like two huge balls. <laughs> well, if you're going to go, go big. I, mean, I guess. <laughs> Boy. Um, the, the probe will also check whether the crew broke the boundaries of ethical behavior. The probe. <laughs> Just gonna probe. It I right mean, <laughs> I mean, if I was a pilot, like there is a there's a thousand percent chance I'm drawing a cock in the sky at yeah. some point. My, I mean, career. why wouldn't you? That's Sorry, we're gonna have to circle day. the airport. Yeah, <laughs> I'd want to do it on an old World War One biplane, though. Like, one... <laughs> you hear me coming from miles, man. Like, it takes, it takes you three hours to draw a dick and balls. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> well, all right. So that's uh, uh, product that's update. Really, something. Uh, Taco Bell is ringing in the bell. Ring it in with the bell. It's a um, an advent calendar of hot sauces. What? what? All right. <laughs> Delectable deals, this, uh, saucy surprises, and cool collectibles. Why? Because. Moss the mayor. Taco Bell got rid of their whole their whole menu fucking they menu. Need, now they need money. Yeah. <laughs> Because nobody wants to fucking eat there anymore. So, season's heatings, guys. <laughs> All right. Um, people are very I'm not upset. fucking posting that story. No, that's I'm not, not happening. No. Fuck you guys. That's not a story. <laughs> season's that's a product heatings. update. No, I don't care. That's season's heatings. Update. No, you lose because of that. <laughs> guys. I'll, I'll post it on Twitter. I want to talk right, about like, right now. Look yeah, right I do too. I'm, yeah. I right eat. now. Yeah, same. Demi Lovato is heavily criticized for petting turkeys right before cooking her own. <laughs> what the yeah, because that's, that's what we need. That's what we need to be concerned because this is a big deal. Like, oh God damn! She went to Farm Sanctuary uh, on November eighth. The turkeys that were so excited to meet Demi Lovato. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh my God, it's Demi! Well, at least Demi. somebody. I've been waiting at least for this. somebody is. Um, Shane Nightingale. So, De- so Demi came and and petted the uh, the the turkeys at the turkey sanctuary. That was November eighth. And then uh, this is so on Thanksgiving Day, she posted a picture of a of a her turkey. Thing. I'm that's so thankful for really all of you. Cruel, like that's yeah. actually really fucking mean. Like, you can, like, no, it's like, not. Well, no, I disagree. It's not like she petted it turkey? on the way to the axe. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah it's I, not like she ate that turkey. Like she, that's not the turkey no, she, she ate. ate it's cousin. 
still. She's yeah. cousin Larry. Yeah, with your cousin, tasty. Mm. Like, what? Like, what? So people are. are well, upset. somebody has to die. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so yeah, people people don't like it. Today it's it's the fucking non-story, man. Yeah, who just, gives a shit? You say people are angry. You're fucking eating turkeys and hams and everything else. Fuck these people, man. God. Fuck vegetarian. Stop being so goddamn woke, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Here we go. No. Here it goes. I got mad. Matt's pissed at vegans. I'm pissed at people that marry sex dolls. I don't care if you're vegan, but like, this is not a fucking story. I have to eat a turkey, man. Like, I'm willing to pet a hog or something. I'm still going to fucking eat ham. I mean, like. I'm willing to pet a hog. Will you crank it and then eat it? Maybe. Crank the hog. It's, it's just, it's a fucking non-story, man. I just, I, I'm so sick of the whole fucking super woke thing. Just I just let can't people ima- live. Shut I can't, the fuck up I can't imagine. I can't imagine trying to be a celebrity. Like you can't do anything, anything. anything. God. Yeah. Except make shitloads of money. Yeah. yeah, but like, you, I, what? I don't think it would be worth it, man, at all. Like, I, Jesus Christ! Like, you can't, you can't do fucking anything without well, it's like somebody are seeing criticizing it. Criticizing Chrissy Teigen because she posted a picture mm. of her her stillborn child, like, and it was talking about losing a child at a, a miscarriage or whatever it was, and they were criticizing, like, fuck you. Yeah, she's allowed to have feelings. Yeah, I know. She's allowed to post that. Yep. God, fuck well, human my, beings, man. Michael, what else? Yeah. God damn it. I have anything else I can piss Matt off? Do you have anything else you want to say there, Daniel Stern? <laughs> Daniel. No, fuck you. That wasn't me. Hey, take your glasses off. No, fuck like you. Daniel I'm not Stern. taking my glasses take off. And off. fuck you. No, fuck you, you with the Daniel like Stern him. reference. God damn. You deserve it. You look just like Daniel. him. No, I Daniel. don't. I don't look just like him. <laughs> I don't. Brad, how many people have told you in your life you look like Daniel Stern? Oh, a Stern? lot. One. No. Right there. <laughs> that many. Off. Take no, I'm not going to take my fucking glasses because off. Because you know the truth. No, it's because it's eat, a sh- eat shit. You're, that's that's <laughs> it right there. That's, you're a better looking Daniel Stern. How about that? Mm. Yeah, but that's a pretty low bar. What? Michael doesn't even think you're a better learning, better I mean, looking. Him in that like black trench coat, like in front of the, in front of Macaulay Culkin's house, about to bust in. What I'm the just... fuck is going on right Harry now? And, Harry and Lloyd. Are we hard for Daniel Stern? Is that where we're landing? Well, I'm Listen, not. Each has his own. I'm, I mean. <laughs> well, clearly you do. Daniel don't, Stern don't gets it out. Don't judge my preferences. I'm just saying. I mean. You don't look like see, fucking Daniel. Oh, my God. Right. Yeah. There we go. No. Yeah. No. I'm, I'm going to put a picture of you and you like Bob next to each number other. Number one. Hey, wet fun bandit. fact. My fucking eight-year-old said the same thing when he watched Home Alone. <laughs> hey, you look <laughs> yeah. like that guy, Dad. And I said, hey, I hate you. So get out of my fucking house. <laughs> You're my least favorite child. How yeah, about that? Yeah. You're an amazing parent. Yeah, feed yourself, motherfucker. That's that's what I said. So fucking wet bandit. <laughs> <laughs> that's you. God, yeah. I hate all of you. That was my nickname in high school. I hate hey, all of you. I didn't say anything. Okay, I hate three Thank of you. you. For once, Brad doesn't hate me. God damn. He said three of us. There's three of us at this table. Yeah. Okay, no, I hate two of you. <laughs> and my eight-year-old. <laughs> okay. Um, now, I did want... I, so, I want some insight on this one. Um, so, anti-Hungarian... Uh, Anti-gay Hungarian pol- politician has resigned after being caught by the police fleeing a 25-man orgy through a window. <laughs> Oh Boy. God! You know so what? I, I, so here's what I want to know, Michael. Shit. Do you say fuck this guy, or did he finally got his uh, come up? <laughs> well, first of all, he obviously well, God was. God damn! 
So the well, fucking has already happened. I'm guessing. <laughs> Never mind. I, Nothing I say is going to be so, any good. Yeah. So, 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 so in, in this story, um, how do you feel about this man? Oh, Joe, he's, he's dirt. He's, he's terrible. Like, okay, you know what? Okay, this this is the whole like, what, what's that actor who um who was on House of Cards? What's the actor's name? Oh, Kevin oh. Spacey. Yeah, it's the same shit. Yeah, Here's it is. why. I don't give a fuck what he did. Okay, that was shitty, terrible. But what it does to the rest of us who are gay have to deal with that shit and yeah. be like, oh well, that's you now. No, it's fucking not. Like, that's what makes me mad about it is you are going to go and you're going to get out in a really horrible way that makes the rest of us have to apologize for stuff that we're not fucking doing. We're just going to work and trying to find one person to chill with. Yeah. And you're going to go and have like a, what, a 25 man orgy Jeez, somewhere? 25 man. I bet that place was just. I mean, first of all, <laughs> I would have loved to see him fucking, running from the police. Fucking horror I mean, first show. of all, that's overwhelming. The goddamn and, smell uh, alone. I was imagine the smell. <laughs> I mean, the cleaning products alone. We can't get chloroform now. How are you going to wipe that shit off? You can't bleach it out. Boy. <laughs> Just sweat and ass and, like, that's disgusting. burnt green beans. Taint sweat <laughs> and, I mean. It smells like vegetable soup. Like, that's <laughs> 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 I'm done. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that that fuck that dude. No, like, no, no. You can't just rush ahead. Like we need to sit with that for just a minute because that is the best thing you've ever said oh on this podcast. Oh my god. It smells like vegetables. Holy shit. <laughs> Amazing. You're welcome. Oh, God. So on Tuesday, he said he was present at a, quote, private party and apologized. <laughs> After well, the police asked sort of for private. my identity, since I did not have my ID yeah, on didn't me. didn't seem super private. <laughs> I declared that I was an MEP. The police continued the process wait, and finally wait, issued... An MEP? I have no, no I'm idea. guessing it's like a minister of something in Hungary, meaning like minister a politician. Of minister of erect penises. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was that was my nickname. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Nope. <laughs> you the the world's smallest tent. <laughs> um, now that's now that's the Matt the Matt Polly story. Okay, so um, <laughs> I just don't okay, even. so uh, police continued the process and finally issued the uh, the official a verbal warning and transported him home. He well, said, okay, "I." De- What's the verbal? How do you issue a verbal warning? How dare Put you? Put your dick in your pants. Hey, clean yourself up. Yeah. That's it. That was. You need to bleach or, that Or shit. is it an oral warning? Oh. Well. Well. well there it is. It's, it's, yeah. God, now my cop car smells like vegetable soup. <laughs> um, it's called a soup kitchen. Tim McMahon wants to know. Uh, sponsor of our, our this question. round on says, was it a twenty five people total or twenty five after he left? Just trying to do the math. I think he was included in the twenty five, <laughs> unless Boy, he was just a. Cu- Here's cuckold. the thing. I can't organize Watching like my corner. own family. How do you organize a twenty five man orgy? Like, how is this like, more successful than our <laughs> church plant? We, we never had twenty five people. Oh, no. We can get twenty five people to come together and like praise Jesus. <laughs> this guy, a, this guy, can get twenty five people to together, just plow just each other, come all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> My God! What? The oh. fuck? 
It's Campbell's vegetable soup all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> they were the human centipede. <laughs> it's so disgusting. Nope. Nope. We're not doing we're not doing ass to mouth jokes here. We're not doing it. Stop it. Tim Stop. McMahon said I hate to be the odd one out after it went partners up. <laughs> Somebody, somebody's the twenty fifth wheel in that. <laughs> Oh gosh! <laughs> anyway, he said. Oh. He said, "I deeply regret violating the COVID restrictions." It was. Kind of- <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't hate being a closeted homophobe. I did. Yeah, what I, I do hate is, is not masking up. <laughs> I am ready to stand for the fine that occurs. <laughs> Jesus! What is the fine that's going to occur? Well, no, in Hungary, who knows? But there's nothing here. So five sheepskin. Lambskin. Wonder if somebody got their penis degloved in that <sighs> incident. <laughs> Caught it on the window. The twenty fifth <laughs> guy did. I want to make an observation. Have you all like in the street like oh, walked God. over like like an old, dirty used face mask? Oh, oh yeah, they're yeah. everywhere. So, yeah. So those are now like the 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 new street condom, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Except both, they're more prevalent. Yeah, yeah they're both fucking are gross. Made to protect you from disease. Right? So, you, so you you also pick it up and wash it out and no, no, <laughs> ew. <laughs> are you saying that's what you do, Michael? <laughs> no comment. Just put that sucker on pots and pans. It'll be. I fine. regret that I did not follow the code. You need to stretch it across a couple like of the sp- of the splines in the dishwasher. That way, it opens it up. <laughs> You gotta really clean the inside of that bitch out. Now, after you cl- you Shoot clean the con- your, after you clean your condoms, do you air like line dry them? <laughs> well, yeah, you can't dry them, and they shrink up to nothing. Yeah, can't use a yeah. hair dryer. <laughs> Have to be line dried. Yeah, they they smell more fresh that way. I mean, dude, they were like Trojan magnums when they went down to the regular size after yeah. the dryer. Yeah, spritz them with Febreze. snug fit. No, no. You spritz them. You spritz them with that shit they use on bowling shoes at bowling. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? All right. oh, God damn! Over. It is nine thirty, Michael. Right. Yeah. Can I do one more? Uh, why not? All right. Uh, Goop has released their annual. Oh, uh, this is fucking Gwyneth. God damn yeah. it! We oh. do this every year. Their, their annual gift guide. Uh, this year they have a lover's gift guide, so it's Ew. just for lovers. It's stuff to shove in your asshole and your vagina. Yeah, I mean, steam it up. They have a dirty gingerbread <laughs> candle for eighty-five dollars. What does that mean? I don't know. God damn it! it smells for how like, much? It smells like burnt sugar, cloves, and crackling <laughs> I do pepper. That on my stove for free. <laughs> They've got a, a vibrating ring. It's a vibrator ring. You wear. You can get one of those at Walmart. A hundred dollars special for a hundred dollars. You can. Get one for nine ninety five at, at Walmart. It's, pl- it's plated <laughs> in eighteen Christ. karat gold. Fucking Walgreens plated has sex eighteen toys. karat gold. Does Real, does Real King have that? Do you, well, no. probably not. Because do you need Do you need it to be covered in gold? No, but they they might have gerbils. God, <laughs> <laughs> there are lots of lots of vibrators. They have live animals. <laughs> For the truly adventurous. Here's one. You can you People can do, do that shit. <clears throat> you know, Richard Gear. All right. If if you don't have much uh, as much of a complex, you can get clone a willy, and it's a dildo cloning kit. You literally stick it in, and then create a mold of your dick, 
and then you can create a dildo. Yeah, Anthony uh, Anthony Jelzenix had a fan <laughs> give this to him. He had a fan give him this with a self-addressed stamped envelope to mail her a a dude. Did he do a it? mold of his? How I don't do you, think so. Here's no. the thing: How do you have <clears throat> that? Is so far outside of my personality well, to like have be that forward that? and bold with somebody to go, hey. Mail your uh, dick to me. I want to hey, clone you know your what? dick. Okay. It's my dick and What about long-distance relationships? Okay, have you ever thought about that? Like, maybe like a nice long-distance relationship situation. I, well, I mean, hey, it's like it's like a nice talking stuffer, right? Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess. It's certainly... <laughs> shit. <laughs> I mean, I know what I'm doing for Christmas this year. Yeah. <laughs> Michael's on goop.com. Okay, right so now. like, don't... Buy me anything ever. <laughs> Just don't ever, don't ever buy me a gift. You can get I, look, a fragrance. You've been trying to get with me for years. No, this may finally be what you, you may finally get what you want. Just saying, it's a nice cheap, cheap stocking stuffer. You're welcome. Yeah, I don't Christmas. think it's that cheap. How much was that? Uh, I, uh, you get, you I'm not some, sure. You uh, get some fucking concrete. I'm at some, you just get some red, some uh, quick crete from the fucking. Rookie. I'll, 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 I'll come back to that in a second. But the <laughs> next your, one, dip your dick down in it. This is a roll-on uh, uh, scent. It's called "This Smells Like My Orgasm." What? Uh, it's a tart, sexy scent. Uh, a tart, sexy scent. It, it was a candle, but now oh, it's it's a chic like portable perfume rollerball. Smells like sweat and cum. I mean, what? I smell sweat and cum. <laughs> Again, vegetable soup. That's what it smells like. Hot. It smells like. It uh, just like beef vegetable soup. Pink grapefruit. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Ripe cassius berries and gunpowder. <laughs> what was it? What'd you say? <laughs> she smelled just like soup. Get that. What's that? So I married an expert. <laughs> oh, the the clone of Willie is fifty dollars. That seems like a bargain. Oh, that's not a bad. Again, you can get a bag of quick for the, like nine that's bucks. That's the bargain bin. She was in the mob. The Cosa Nostra. <laughs> I wonder if anybody's ever. You know how you put your hands in concrete? I wonder if anybody's ever put their. Yeah, I guarantee. I'm sure they have. have. Guaranteed. All kinds of weird shit. Tea bag some concrete. Freaking mushroom stamp it. There are some of us out there who could do like clean up. Like if I am looking for a, like a part time job, Michael, stop what you're doing right yeah, now. I don't know. What would your part time be? No, stop you. it. Dick stamping concrete. Stop it. Well, you I'm and you do Dick Prince, you should do an art project. No, what are you doing with your dick, Michael? Stop it. My, both Michaels. That's stop been it. done. Didn't we have a story on the pod at one point of an artist that? I'm sure. Like dipped his cock in paint and just slapped it a bunch of times onto like yeah. eventually mushroom stamp canvas like a thousand times. It's like it's art, and I'm like it's your cock. Like there's there's a four hundred and eighty five dollar silk robe. You, you will fucking respect my vision. I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> didn't I, didn't I swear to God we had that story at some point years they're, ago? They're tiny paintings, but they well, they yeah. sell well. Is That's that a what small you would canvas. Call a Picasso. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But also, <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit of column A. There's something column called a, a Silva vibrator. It's got a hole in it. Um, it's, it has an extra wide mouth for a deeper suction. Oh, it's like a okay. There's not deeper suction sensation. Is it a clit sucker? There's, there's it not, must be. There's not. There's not one word in that I didn't. I didn't enjoy. Say it again. Say the whole thing again. 
slow. Extra wide mouth. Say it slower. No, or, stop. Extra no, wide mouth for a deeper suction sensation. Hey. Please it's stop. Friday night Please at 3 a.m. on USA stop. Network. What? <laughs> and you're watching Silk Stockings. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! Who was in that fucking show? I don't know. I don't think they're. I think they're both dead. I don't think. I don't know who it was. <laughs> I'm looking it up. This, Wait, was this that Brooke Burke? Of the uh, the, the grapefruiting YouTube video. Remember that? It was Silk Stalkings because it was like a murder show or something. You can also like... sign up for their Oyster of the Month Club for two eighty five. How much Patreon money do you have? Oh, on, not not enough to do Oyster of the um, Month Club. Cast. Okay, so let, let, let's do a pastor. Oh, Rob Estes. Change. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Mitzi Capture? <laughs> that's not a real name. There's no way that's Capture. a real name. Mitzi Capture. Holy shit. There's no way that's that person's real name. Oh, my God. I'm seeing a pastor's gift exchange for all this stuff. You just want to the, the make your own dick. Apparently, Rob Estes no, was on 90210 and Melrose there. Place. You don't want to clone your willing? He was. Yeah. Oh my God! Rob Estes, holy shit! CSI if you Miami. cloned your own will, you could. He looks a little bit yourself. like he looked a little bit like Vigo Mortensen. No. Yeah. Look no. at him. Look at this picture. I, I'm, I'm on the same it's fucking page. Vigo what are we talking about? Let no. me see. Rob Estes. You look a little bit like Vigo Mortensen there. God, he is 57. Wow. Time, time is an insatiable vampire <laughs> coming for us all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well. There's your, there's your um, silk stalkings. How, how the silk fuck do we get out of here? How do we, how Just, do we I don't know, man. Plane? All right. How do, how do we end it? Yeah. No, stop. No music. God damn it. What the fuck was that? Your favorite song, right? God damn it. Fuck, I fucking hate that song. Stop. Oh, like I just a, don't it's even. It's like a cut rate Cheryl Crow. <laughs> I do not like Cheryl Crow. Uh, I what? Stand, I can't stand Cheryl Crow. Michael, mm. go to Foofy. Come on. I want to soak up the sun. <laughs> yeah. Put my 45 on so like 16 times. 16,000 times in California when we were there. Constantly. Joel loves Cheryl Crow. Over and over and over again. Well, sorry, your relationship's about to end. Apparently. Yeah. All right, let's <laughs> let's let's I, reset here. Yeah. It, uh, Emily M. D. Scott founded Saint Lydia's Dinner Church at a progressive LGBTQ plus affirming congregation in Brooklyn, New York, where worship takes place around the dinner table. A Lutheran pastor. Uh, E-L-C-A. Scott trained as a liturgist and a musician at Yale Divinity School and the Institute Not exactly a lightweight. No. And the Institute Way too smart for this podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of of people are too smart for this. (laughs) Michael. Literally everyone that comes on here. Yeah. Uh, Institute... she also trained at the Institute of Sacred Music. Um, Her writing has appeared in the New York Times um, and her uh, work has been featured in the wall street journal and the atlantic so anyway this is our conversation uh with emily That's great she's here to talk about her her book yep um what, what do you have that book yeah, where, where, right where, yeah. 
It is called For All Who Hunger, Searching yeah. for Communion in a Shattered World. And yeah. We are giving away a copy. Yep. Yeah, we're going to give away a copy. Uh, Twitter.com slash Pastors Podcast. Just follow us and uh, retweet. retweet. Yep. We'll, we'll get you in. So, yeah, this is our conversation with Emily. Further up and further, further up and further in. Yeah. Yeah. And we're live. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Emily Scott. I, I can't say, are you there? Because I, I see you. You are here. See, that, um, our, our, our whole greeting thing went out the my way. My whole thing, I was like, Emily Scott, are you there? And <laughs> after we've talked to you for a good 10 minutes. After we've talked minutes. to you for a good 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. But now people know that, that I can see you, so you're obviously there. Emily, how are you today? I'm, just... I'm doing all right. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks oh for having gosh. me on. Yeah, this Welcome to already. whatever this is that we're doing. <laughs> we apologize for everything. <laughs> Don't feel obligated to share us on your social media platforms. It's fine. <laughs> we won't take offense. Yep. Neither. Rob Bell didn't either, so it's fine. Um, so... Tell us a little bit about yourself. You've got this book out, um, and it's it's phenomenal. Maybe you should tell the name of the book. Um, it's, it's right here. <laughs> it's called "For All Who Hunger." I feel like I'm, I'm now Stephen Colbert with showing the the picture. Nothing yes. if not Stephen Colbert esque. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, for all who hunger, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and um, uh, who the hell do you think you are? Yeah, good question. Unclear. Um, right now, I'm just mostly really aware of how much I don't have a beard. <laughs> Everyone else has amazing beards. So, oh, thank you. Well done, gentlemen. They look amazing. Very good. <laughs> and like, not just COVID beards either. Like, these are clearly yeah, like. No, we've free. had these for a while. Yeah, well, there's yeah. my, there's my self esteem boost for the day. Yeah, I did trim trim mine right as COVID because like I I need to like. It's going to make a difference if I, I have say, less hair. I thought you were going to say I trimmed it tonight. I was like, you no, failed. No, I, I didn't try, trim it tonight. <laughs> you missed. I trimmed it when COVID started because I thought happen. it's going to catch germs. Yeah. And yeah. I, it didn't. Boy, mine has gotten prevent. more gray as the year has gone on. Yeah. Fancy that. A pandemic and a yeah. just a, a shit show of an election. Gray. Ooh, it's going to look so good. Like Morgan <laughs> Freeman. Yes. yes. I love gray and a beard. Totally yeah. great. Yeah. I do too. I'm, I'm happy with mine. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with it. So Emily, anyway. <laughs> who who are actually you? she derailed it? Not even no, us that's, this that's time. Fine, that's fine. Usually it's us. <laughs> well, I am Emily Scott. Um, I am, I suppose, for the purposes of tonight's conversation, a church planter first and foremost. I'm someone who um, has always been very interested in Christian ritual. And the diversity of Christian ritual across different um, denominations and traditions. Um, so when I moved to New York as a young 20-something, I started meeting all these people around me just at bars and parties trying to make friends because I was new to the city. And started to learn that all of them had this spiritual hunger that they were experiencing. And so that kind of gradually morphed into starting a church. And I was very surprised to find myself doing that work. It wasn't something I planned on doing, um, but I was drawn into this process of creating a sacred space that felt like it could be resonant for people who maybe didn't feel like they belonged in more traditional um, spaces of Christianity. So we created something called St. Lydia's, which is a dinner church where worship took place around a table and everyone cooked a meal together and then shared it. 
Um, and that was our our way of worshiping God together. And actually calls on a very ancient way that Christians gathered right. in the first few centuries of the church. Yep. So yeah. what's it like to have a church plant that works? Uh, because uh, I failed at two of them. <laughs> the collective of us, minus Michael Moncton, have failed at one of them. <laughs> so what what what's it like to have some bit of success in that, Emily? I just just curious. It's, Asking for a friend, yeah, <laughs> three friends. <laughs> I you know I totally hear you. It is so hard. I think it's the hardest job. It is <laughs> really in the world, and it. Um, to me, it feels a lot like parenting because I've not been a parent myself, but what I hear about parenting is that it kind of holds up this mirror to you and reflects like all the things about yourself that you really don't want to see or deal oh, with. Boy. Amen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think church planting is so similar because as you go through that process, you, you see things about yourself that you didn't really want to encounter, but when they come up, you have to deal with them. So, I mean, I would say that, you know, St. Lydia is just like barely made it happen and it was a challenge every step of the way and we were lucky in the support that we had i think like a a support structure was huge in us making our way forward but it's stressful and it's hard and i think it's also really tied up in our own um our own sense of faith like there can be this feeling that like if i don't succeed at this then like god doesn't love me or like my call wasn't real right. or you know it's so tied into how we perceive our relationship to god and our call so it's super tricky yep mm -hmm. so could you explain what a dinner church is uh, mm -hmm. and, and and then also i want to know why why brooklyn oh well why brooklyn was just because i lived in brooklyn okay <laughs> so i sort of grew where i was planted in that regard but um dinner church um is a form that goes back, as I said, to the very first centuries of the church where the way that congregations gathered was by sharing a meal in people's homes. And often that was like a more rich or wealthy Christian who would host everybody in their house. And there were these meals that totally upended the social expectations of the day where rich people and poor people wouldn't cross paths or Jews and Gentiles wouldn't cross paths or people who were enslaved and people who were free wouldn't cross paths. And at these congregations, all of those people not only crossed paths, but also ate together. And um, in the middle of the meal, someone would stand up and like read the latest letter from Paul and then sit back down and you'd talk about it. So they were these very kind of lively um, Eucharistic meals that eventually sort of evolved into what we now know as communion, where you have just like a tiny bit of bread and a little cup. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I was really interested in um, creating a context in which ritually nothing in the worship service ever needed to be explained, that the symbols spoke for themselves, okay. um, cool. especially when it came to people who um, didn't have a connection to the church or had maybe not found that connection to the church fulfilling. I, I wondered what it would be like to create a space where when you walked in the door, it was immediately clear what was taking place and what symbols were being explored. So, you know, when you walked in the door, you saw a feast that looked like a heavenly banquet that everyone was sharing from lots of different walks of life. Um, and when we baptized, we did it in this huge wash tub and it was really clear that somebody was getting washed and it was like <laughs> enough water that you could drown in um as the uh, liturgical scholar in Kavanaugh talks about so <laughs> that was a huge that was a huge piece of what we wanted to do together and um you know I was with St. Lydia's for eight years they're still going strong but 
one thing that no one ever asked me was like, well, this is great, but what does it mean? You know, like, why do we do this? And I think that that's a really important piece of liturgy for me is that, yeah, it speaks for itself and that we don't need to, I think we spend a lot of time like explaining to people about God and explaining about Jesus. And there's all this kind of academic headwork, um, which is absolutely worthwhile. But often my question is like, well, where's our heart and where's our experience? Like I actually want to have church be a place where we experience transcendence and experience um, God's presence as opposed Mm. to talking about it, which is maybe more of like a mainline problem. I think in more evangelical circles, there's more of a focus on God's presence, but yeah, Mm. from my perspective, I really wanted to explore that. So can you talk a little bit about your upbringing? I mean, how do you, how did you get to this place? I mean, like, did you grow up in the church? Did you Mm -hmm. like, how, how did your faith start evolve all that? Yeah, I grew up um I grew up in the Episcopal Church. Okay. And growing up, I remember feeling really impacted by um how powerful the liturgy was and how powerful ritual was. Um particularly I remember going to Holy Week services as a kid and my parents were people who felt that me being in church since before I could really even remember was really important. So even when there were mm-hmm. evening services, they would like put me in my pajamas and bring me to church. And even <laughs> for like the scare, the scary services, like good Friday and Monday, Thursday, like they didn't, <laughs> they didn't pr- protect me from any of that. But you know, I think we do, we try and like dumb down the crucifixion for little kids. And, yeah. uh, but the thing is like, they are curious about death. They know what resurrection is about. And if you give them a chance to engage all that, they will really, they'll teach us a lot about what it actually means. So I have memories, you know, of being a little kid and having ashes marked on my forehead at Ash Wednesday and like understanding that I was going to die and feeling like really um, almost like privileged that I had been entrusted with that knowledge. Um, and really kind of transfixed by the Eucharist and sort of the mysteries. I remember it feeling really like sacred and mysterious as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I grew up, I, I sort of had a, a slightly different experience, which is that sometimes I would bring a friend with me to church because they would like sleep over on Saturday night or whatever. And they would just be like, I have no idea what's going on. This is <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird yeah. and I don't know what yeah, you're doing. Yeah. And so there was this question in my mind of, of like, well, you know, how can this really beautiful sacred thing be kind of cracked open for more people um, and more transparent in its meaning, but still just as powerful. And I think honestly, that question, you know, has carried me through the majority of my life um, and certainly the the founding of St. Lydia's. So it doesn't that. sound like, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but it doesn't sound like uh, I, we all grew up evangelical and it's so funny to hear. I mean, we were all, th- all three of us and actually all four of us, um, it was like, I, mean, I think I was six days old the first time I went to church. Like, mm-hmm. wow. I mean, it was like, it was say, like, it was the same sort of thing, like you said with your parents, but you went to like a good church. Um, whereas evangelicals, <laughs> yeah. we grew up, it, it's funny to hear you talk about that. Like all the, you felt like this thing, all we felt was like, Guilt, I mean, shame. Like we, oh yeah, <laughs> Jesus died because I'm a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. I got it. it like and liturgy was like almost frowned upon. It was. It was like not even on the radar. But, but it's it's hilarious because they had their own liturgy. Yeah, you know, it was just a, just but it a was shitty, just, shitty, <laughs> watered down you know, liturgy. Say, with, they had their own liturgy. It was just really meaningless. Yes. Um, <laughs> devoid of symbolism and yeah. right so it's it's just so funny to hear you talk about your upbringing and that and how meaningful that was because 
I mean, we we joke about it now, but I don't. Fifteen minutes of our liturgy was about a building fund. We've, (laughs) 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 but we, you know, we've all torn it all down, and like, I don't, I don't harbor any resentment. My parents still go to that church Mm -hmm. that I grew up Mm -hmm. in, and they still, I guess, get something out of it. Like, I I have no ill will towards any of that, other than like, it's. I just look back now and go, man, like. When you talk about your experience, I realize how devoid of like mm-hmm. it, I don't know I what did, even I the word just, I'm I mean, looking for. We didn't for. discover liturgy until well into our twenties. I was like a I was a youth pastor yeah. when I yeah. when I mm-hmm. discovered it, and it was like this world had been Ooh. opened. Like, mm-hmm. oh wow, we can there's symbols that mean something. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that's uh, and even I mean I grew up taking communion. The Eucharist we called it communion. Let's, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, let's yeah. just take even more mystery out of it. But like, we we grew up. We, you know, I I grew up taking that. I I think the first time I took it, I was eight years old because in our church you had to be baptized before you could take yeah, it. Yeah, same nine for um, me. Yeah, same and, for mine too. Yeah, and it just didn't. I never really got it because it was just we we'd have like an elder sh- get up. And give like a what would they call those uh, communion meditation? And they were mm-hmm. stupid and pointless, yeah. and they had nothing to do with like anything, anything that had to do with like the mystery of Christ. Mm. And so it wasn't until I discovered liturgy that it started to open up, and I started reading things by Thomas Merton. And you mean Jesus isn't like a football game, <laughs> <laughs> right, I, dude? I mean, like. Emily, I know this is so far out of your experience, and that sounds far fetched. It, it is, is not, not. Mm-hmm. like it sports was metaphor. It was it was sports time. metaphors. It was like oh, I, I, I mean, it was just it completely useless and pointless. And so, it wasn't like I said. It wasn't until I started reading Catholic saints and different things that I started to go, oh, there's more to this, and there's beauty in this, mm-hmm. and tried to introduce mm-hmm. our evangelical students mm-hmm. to something deeper. And so mm-hmm. it's just. God, I mean, it's just interesting to hear, like, okay. you grew up with, yeah. like, real... Real Jesus. Something. Christ. like Real I, Christianity. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know how to explain it, but it's just, I don't know. We got... Well, so... Miller-like Christianity. Um, you, you wrote in the first part of your book, it says, church is not about transcending human things like warm food and twirling laughter. It is, or should be, about pointing them to the sacred. Our mm-hmm. most human parts are also the most holy. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And that that is exactly what we're talking about. It, it, it's we think about it like a game. It's a, it's not just about the rule book of the game. It's about the point of the game in the first place. Mm-hmm. It's why you're playing. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're balancing community and liturgy in this in, in the same setting. That's what's so powerful. It's amazing. I've, I've not heard that a whole lot. I grew up in the church, too, and I didn't get this at all. Wow. And so reading your book, I was like, I wanted to be part of that so much. I wish I was in Brooklyn at that time. I would have joined. <laughs> it sounds fantastic. Well, you know, I have to say, <clears throat> excuse me. I think every, so every church has its own liturgy right, and yeah. whether or not you use the word liturgy or call it that, there's always some kind of order of service that, yep. and in a way that ritual is being enacted. Right. And actually I would point y'all to, um, some really amazing work by Melanie Ross. Who's a, um, she's a, she's a free, she's a, um, oh, excuse me. She's a free evangelical. Is that what she is? Anyway, she's from the evangelical <laughs> tradition, okay. and she writes um, about liturgy from a liturgical perspective about evangelical worship. Mm-hmm. And I think what's really wonderful about her is that um, she's critical of the tradition and also like loves the tradition. Right. But <clears throat> I think one thing that I've really discovered 
is that every denomination or every um, Christian context has its own sort of Achilles heel. And, you know, the beauty of the liturgy is something that the Episcopal Church really had going for it, but also the obsession with details and like getting it right is something that like, you know, fouls us up all the time or like in the Lutheran tradition, we have a beautiful um, focus on grace and um, the sacraments. And at the same time, we can be super insular and basically right, right. racist because we identify our um, our tradition so much with a particular group of immigrants who happen to come from Germany and Norway. So it just, <laughs> it seems to me that like every tradition has its gifts yeah. and also every tradition has its liabilities. Yeah, I think and, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. And I think when I look at evangelical traditions, um, traditions that are more spirit led charismatic traditions, like the beauty that I see is the ability, I think in the best case scenarios to always be connected into the movement of the Holy spirit. Mm. And that's something that like gets really lost often in mainline congregations. And we end up just like muddling around about like, I don't know. I think sometimes we can get really divorced from our sense of mission and also like a deep love of Jesus can, can get lost too. in this kind of like liberal drive. So yeah, that was one thing that I was actually, my dad was raised Southern Baptist. And there was a lot that was like super tough about that for him. Like it was not a good situation, but something about St. Lydia's, I think connected to that kind of spirit led worship because it was a very, um, a very free experience in a lot of ways at the same time as it was rooted in a very kind of um, particular liturgical pattern, you know? So, but I just, I don't know. It hurts me so much to hear stories about people who felt shamed and berated and, um, just like not uh, didn't receive a message of grace in church. Like that's, yeah. Yeah. that's well, you're, not you're what we want. You're speaking to most of our listeners. Actually. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So, that's yeah. that's kind of, like, uh, Oh, go ahead, Michael. Do you feel like that's gotten better or worse in the past 10, 15 years? Like in your experience of the church, what you're talking about, have you seen it improve or regress? I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on that. The shame stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's improving or regressing. I kind of feel like it's like potentially, I'm probably not the person to speak to this because I'm not really embedded in the more evangelical side of things, but like in some ways it kind of feels like it's polarizing a little bit. Like it's getting disentangled and it's polarizing at the same time. Like some folks are going super hard fundamentalist. And then you also see some evangelicals who are saying, actually, we can be faithful people and we don't have to reject LGBTQ people. Actually, you know, we need to stand up for black lives. And I think that's been really fascinating to see leaders who are making that move. And at the same time, you know, from my perspective, I'm like, this is really wonderful to see. And also there, your, your theological roots go really, really deep. (laughs) So like, let's talk about complementarian theology. Let's talk about your relationship to women. Like, let's talk about the fact that, LGBTQ marriages and relationships don't just look like straight marriages and relationships. There actually is more diversity here that you might be um, not quite prepared to see. So I think it's really complicated, but I do, I do think, especially in the younger generation, there's, um, there's so many folks who are raised evangelical who are just saying like this, the, the fundamentalist strand of this, I am not willing to accept. And either they're looking for other places or they're looking to reform within the evangelical tradition, Mm -hmm. which, which is really exciting. I think. Yeah. I don't know. What do you all think? Do you see that happening? Well, yeah, I, I think mean, that's. I we think got when we planted a church, we got accused of being 
hyper grace was that the term oh, yeah. they used like so, it was like it was an insult well I'm for like, some background we <laughs> so yeah like two, i know two so grace? like we we okay. li- we live in a in a just for some background we live we're all we're in indiana mm-hmm. <laughs> so enough said um we gave we gave the world mike pence but yeah, we're not sorry. even but we're not even like in indianapolis <laughs> like a liberal-ish area of indiana mm-hmm. we're in like major trump country um my, my my neighbor literally not my neighbor but the about three houses down has the uh, Trump 2020 no more no no more bullshit. My ho- the house three Dude, house flag yeah, here does still yeah, yeah. yeah. Still, I mean, uh, anyway yeah. so just for it's some background new. he's put it up since the results so of the election we we try <laughs> we we, <laughs> we tried to that was a good purchase this is yeah. no this is no, no shit uh-huh. um so just for some background that's that's where we the three of us uh, minus Michael Monkton because we didn't know him yet um tried to start a church I mean this community is all white, all super conservative. Um, we we tried to start a church, but we went, oh, no, actually, everybody should be welcome. Yeah. And we were kind of chugging along okay, and then we were like, hey, we should, we definitely need to um, come out in support of the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. And so I preached a sermon on that, and then we, we lost quite a few people. Well, we um, lost our building. We lost so. our building, for one thing. Um it was wow. owned by an evangelical. Yeah, I, once again, just mm-hmm. I, I don't regret that at all. Like it was, no. it was no. the right thing to do, and uh, the fact that it kind of led towards the death of the church, whatever. I don't care because it it was the right thing to do at the mm-hmm. time, yeah. and still is. Amen. So mm-hmm. that's the background of like where we tried to start a church, and so yeah, I mean, we got accused like, oh, that's the that's the church of like hyper grace people, and we were like. The fuck? Like, okay. wh- who gives it? Like, that's an hyper insult. Grace. Like, I, I mean, like, like if it's not, <laughs> like, if it's not hyper, gra- like, what is it then? Like, it's something yeah. not grace if it's not like like third, completely third free gear grace. <laughs> yeah. I so yeah. I mean that. So uh, to your question, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I think there is like a. There, it seems like just with everything else, like everything else in this country, it's becoming more and more polarized. You're getting mm-hmm. the people that are deciding they're going to just entrench. Uh, no, no, no. It's definitely like, we don't want uh, gay people here. We don't want black people here. We don't want immigrants. We don't. And then you've got the other side that is like, you, you there's like a pulling away. I don't know. Like, it seems like there's not a ton of middle ground anymore. Like it definitely feels like it's just going opposite directions. I don't know what the future holds. Yeah. I'm out of the church now, per, like organizational church. So I doesn't, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't really, I guess I don't really care. But like at the same yeah. time. Uh, I also want them not to suck so hard. Exactly. <laughs> I, it, it, there is, there. I mean, there is that. And we've talked just numerous times on this podcast about like the, it, how we've had to sort of deal with the hurt of we were raised to think certain things and then. 80% of our tradition voted for Trump. And it's like, wait, what the fuck? Like that, none of that matches up. That's a huge, it, I mean, it, 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 it is. And, and to be fair, the three of us, I know, I don't, I can't, I can't, I don't want to speak for Michael Moncton, but like the three of us were sort of had torn all of that down long before Trump came along, like, mm-hmm. and pretty much had left it all before he came along anyway and all that support. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, most of our, a lot of our listeners, it's been interesting. Like our podcast started in the spring of 2016, right after Super Tuesday when Trump won. Yeah, Super Tuesday. so like yeah. that's literally it was like weeks, a couple weeks. And after so that. it's been really yeah. interesting to see the podcast grow and develop in that environment and see so many of our supporters that we've had interactions with from that point 
and so many of them have are just they just have left the church completely. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. there's nothing here for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of it evangelical, evangelical yeah, based. Right. Like, yeah. And interestingly enough, I think a lot of the people that are still in it are more mainline. Hmm. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a it's not a one to one by any stretch, but yeah. like it definitely I think that was that that tracks. Mm-hmm. So Well, yeah. I think for a lot of us what we're doing is we are defining our definition of what church means. Yeah. Because I think people like church is a thing I think everybody wants to be a part of, right? They 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 want to have that community and connection to something better than themselves and greater than themselves and have that connectedness to their fellow man. But church, to a lot of us, to be included, has been a, a source of rejection and stress and pain and heartache. And like like he was saying, now the the podcast I see it as as my church, honestly. Like like the pub group that we're in and the community and the support and the love that's there. That is what to me, mm-hmm. church should look like. You talk a little bit about that in your book is the importance of community. You can't have church without having a strong emphasis on community. That's that's what yeah. you've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and you know, I just want to say, I think it's so important what y'all are doing and other folks who are doing this kind of work in a sort of post-evangelical, uh, post-modern space, because people, I mean, first of all, people's lives depend on it. I mean, there's yeah. so many people yeah. who have really been told this is what you have to look like. This is who you have to be in order for God to love you. And when you decamp from that, theologically, you're, you're just destroyed. So to create mm-hmm. places of of nourishment where people can connect in and hear a different, start to hear a different theology and a different narrative, I mean, it literally does save people's lives. Um, and it also strikes me, like to say this podcast community is kind of church for me now. I mean, it reminds me a little bit of... Um, Jesus time in the wilderness, you know, when he kind of goes outside of um, the center and is in this place of kind of um, desolation and danger. But also I was reading recently, the wilderness is so often a place where of encounter where we, um, where we meet God. And you think of like, for instance, Hagar in the wilderness where like, she's the first person to name God in that wilderness location. So I think it's that place of exploration and kind of un- unpacking and dismantling and like taking all the pieces out of your faith and like laying them around you and being like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so incredibly valuable. And then I think yep. that wilderness space gives you a chance to reassemble something and then kind of potentially one day, like slowly move back into community. But, you know, Christian communities are not perfect. And, uh, right. you know, mainline, more progressive, more liberal congregations like have harmed and hurt people just as much <laughs> yeah. like we yeah. get fussy we have and friends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like fussy and weird and like, you know, just just weird. Yeah. Like that's people. People are people and we mess yeah. up. <laughs> sure. So yeah, I always sure. kind of tried to focus on that at St. Lydia's and when people would come, just make sure that they heard me saying like, we're, we're going to let you down. Like we're not going to this isn't going to be a perfect experience of faith. Like the one that you've been looking for that would save everything else. We're just like a bunch of people bumbling along trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned that you are LGBT affirming, uh, mm-hmm. in, in the book, you also, you refer to God as, as her. I don't know mm-hmm. if you did it throughout. I didn't, I, I, I noticed it once and I'm like, Oh, I love that. Um, can you talk about that choice? Is, is God gendered or tell me about God? Systematic God. theology about God. God. Start in Genesis, and if you yeah. could go all the way through to Revelation, that'd be great. <laughs> in like God? five, six minutes. <laughs> well, I, you know, I do. My understanding of God is um, 
a being that is without gender and also reflects all genders. And yeah. I think mm -hmm. I always go to um, Paul's letter in Christ, there is no male or female. Um, yeah. And yeah. actually, when you read that letter, what's kind of amazing is uh, it's been a long time since I've looked at the Greek here, but I did write a paper on this in divinity school. Um, it actually <laughs> seems in the Greek that the, um, the way that it's constructed, it's actually that God is reflective of all of those genders in addition to like kind of blowing up gender in a certain way. Yeah. So I just think there's so many moments where the Bible is actually much more expansive about gender than we've ever been taught or sort of allowed to explore. Mm -hmm. And there's like a few metaphors that sometimes, you know, come up like God is the mother hen that like Texas under her wing. Um, and even those could be explored more. You know, I think that yeah. we could do more work with that. But even to go beyond that, I mean, there's there's just, for instance, the other day I was talking about the figure of Sophia, who was with God at the beginning of creation. And it's clear that like wisdom is a feminine presence in the Bible. Sophia then shows up in like Proverbs and all kinds of other places. But um, for, for me and for us at St. Lydia's, um, I think that name, using the, the feminine pronoun for God was something that we tried to weave into our practice because it kind of explodes and undoes so much that's been built into the way we think about God. Like still yeah. for me now, when I think of God, I still think of like a white guy with a beard who's old. Yeah. Um, like it just comes up in your mind because it's been, for me at least, like wired in there. So I think it's a fabulous experience to be reading scripture and suddenly just have a she instead of a he. And it really just like, turns your whole experience of that passage in a really different way and suddenly you think like oh <laughs> like this this reads so differently yeah right if i conceive of god that way right. so that's why we would weave it into our practice at saint lydia's and why i did it in the book um i tend to not use any male language and when i need to use a pronoun i'll use she um because again like we've had 95 percent of our lives generally doing the yep. other yeah for the sure other choice mm -hmm. yeah no i think that's smart i mean i I can't remember when it clicked with me that God wasn't a man, like because that's what we grew up with. Yeah. I mean, I know it sounds so stupid now. Like, I mean, I'm so many, yeah, right, I'm like so many years removed from that thinking that like it sounds so dumb. But like growing up, it was like, well, yeah, of course he's a dude. Like, mm -hmm. he, I mean, have you seen the pictures? He's got pictures everywhere. He's got the beard. And everything. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, and so it's really. I don't remember when that happened, but I real it, it. I remember very vividly, like that there was like a new depth to the divine when yeah. I realized, oh, when it says in Genesis, male and female, he created them in his Im in in its image. Shouldn't mm -hmm. be his image in its mm -hmm. image. Like he created, like the divine created them. Mm -hmm. So the divine obviously has a male and a female, or not like everything and nothing aspect. like aspect. So mm -hmm. it just added this whole new depth of like, just, I'm not, there was just like an unbelievable realization because we grew up in such a weird tradition of just mm -hmm. everything was patriarchy and male and like, yeah. and it took a long time for us to like, and I think there's probably still aspects of us that are still trying to, figure out our blind spots yeah, with that sure. stuff like I, you know what i mean like yeah we were definitely raised in the patriarchy so oh, like fighting sure. that in myself yeah. just like in little in corners our, that i didn't realize were there in our marriages and, yep. yeah it's, yeah it's uh, crazy it's something well, that I, I definitely feel that the image of god as a she removes the the oppression that you have in your head of the figure of god right like when yeah. you yeah. read a she because so much in in culture in our culture is you know is 
male is viewed as being authoritative and being strong, and mm-hmm. that's fine. Mm-hmm. But that's not all that God is in the Bible. That's not all that God is. So why would we? What, let, let's use language that kind of helps break that down and give us a different image of what the possibilities of God could very well be in our lives, right? Yeah. Absolutely. That's, that's brilliant. I love it. Yeah. yeah. And also to, you know, at a certain point when inclusive language was kind of being introduced, at least in the mainline world, there was like, oh, well, let's talk about God as mother and nurturer and mother hen and all these like sort of fluffy kind of <laughs> <laughs> sort of feminized images. But I think um, there's, there's no basis for ascribing only those aspects to the feminine side of God. Um, so like reading about God as she who is vengeful and angry, like uh, a feminine anger is like sort of amazing to explore and something that's been so repressed in so many cultures, not all cultures, but certainly a white sort of Protestant right. culture. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it really, um, you know, our language absolutely shapes who we are and how we conceive of God. And if, if you hear that language over and over and over again, it, our brains are wired in certain ways. So I think I've, I've, I've heard the argument like, well, we all know that God doesn't have a gender, but that doesn't mean we have to talk about it. <laughs> and it sort of actually uncovers the patriarchy and yeah. misogyny that's embedded in that very argument, because it's like, if you can't stand referring to God as she, like, what is that about? You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what anger, is it that exactly. makes you break into hives sure. when we even Absolutely. talk about this conversation? Um, and then often that, gets kind of portrayed as like, oh, they're being like woo-woo or weird or like right. whatever. So it's just this constant kind of um, degrading of any feminine presence throughout the Bible and in the person of of God. Yeah, and I think for me it was really important because I've always had a really pronounced sensitive side, which growing up, yeah. we called it a feminine side. I don't mm-hmm. use that language anymore for it because I don't think that that's helpful. Like, mm-hmm. But I was... I was very sensitive in a way that like guys weren't necessarily supposed to be in our, you know, I remember, you know, I, when I say this, I, I love my, my dad my, I love both my parents, but I love my dad, you know, but when I was playing baseball and got a skin, oh, rub some dirt on it. You're fine. Get up, walk mm-hmm, it off. Like mm-hmm. was raised very much in that because that's how he was raised. Like that's how mm-hmm. his dad raised him. He didn't know any different. Like, but so to, to see, so you know, for me growing up, God was that uh, tough, authoritarian, like, he was all that was man, you he know was what Zeus, I mean? He was like, Zeus on the throne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> exactly. so, and so for Thor. me, it was really helpful. It helped yeah. me uh, sort of come to, ter- not come to terms, I don't even know what, I'm, what language I want to use, but with my more sensitive side and go, yeah. that's fine, because there's no, like, the idea of just male and female is just completely like Mm -hmm. it's just such a false dichotomy Mm -hmm. you know now that's backed up by science but Mm -hmm. um you know that was very helpful for me to go i'm not abnormal Mm -hmm. because i'm not sure there there isn't a normal (laughs) yeah that makes you know what i mean and so seeing god in, in seeing god as a woman helped me in that yeah, he really did. Yeah. Well, and what you're saying makes me think immediately about the passage of God um, wiping away every tear at the end of time. Mm-hmm. And like, right. that's a passage that we don't, I don't know, like we don't connect that to like a big masculine Zeus on the throne kind of God. But like, if that's what God looks like for you, that's one of the things that God is doing. <laughs> right. right. So so how does that again ex- expand our image of, of what people, what humans can 
look like and what they can be. Yeah. Um, it's so wild to me, like how much we project onto scripture and <laughs> <laughs> so wild, but because like the dominant group throughout history has always been projecting their dominant image. So much about scripture goes unmined and so many stories go unheard. You know, Hagar is an amazing one that, that hasn't really been plumbed until Dolores Williams like helped us do that. But um, now I'm in a context in Baltimore where I'm leading an LGBTQ rooted church. And so every scripture that passage that I approach, I approach with a lens of queer theology. And what's been wild to me is, is how so much is buried in scripture about the experience of queerness or being on the outside. So many figures in the Bible are outsiders or um, yep, people yep. who have been marginalized in some way. And like all of that gets really lost. So one of my favorite sermons at Dreams and Visions, where I serve now, was um, looking at the Ethiopian eunuch yeah. as a particularly queer calling story yep. because yep. he actually is called and like the first mm -hmm. Absolutely. disciple basically after Jesus' death to like go into the world and start this church. And um, he's from Egypt. He's a eunuch. Like he's a he's not a Jewish person. Like he's an outsider right. in so many ways. So yep. why have we haven't we held him up? Um, as someone who can be emulated, who can mm -hmm. be followed and, and um, to, to pattern ourselves after him. But his story, there's kind of a call pattern in the Bible for how people are called. And his call is totally different than everybody else's. So it was really cool to kind of look at, um, yeah. at those differences. Yeah. So in your experience leading an LGBT church, how do you take a person or a group of people who have been through this evangelical or whatever denomination they were at, just system of just oppression, one-sidedness, masculinity. How do you take them and kind of help to help them to see, feel safe in a different light mm -hmm. and kind of help lead them along the path of, this is a new way of looking at it. Like what, what, what do you think is important in building that in someone and kind of giving them that safe place and the resting place to start seeing things differently? Yeah. Well, the first piece I would say is that I'm, st I'm learning. We've only been at this for about two and a half years and then COVID hit. And that's been like half of this, <laughs> you know, like a yeah. half year of all that. So I'm definitely figuring it out as I go. Um, but I think that one of the pieces that's been most important to me has been communicating um, the divinity of each person who comes in the door. So that's mm -hmm. like a constant refrain at dreams and visions is um, the sense that like you this story that we're telling is a story that belongs to you. And we've, we've highlighted that in a lot of different ways, sometimes just by scriptural, scriptural interpretation. Like I was saying, like by reading queerness, unearthing the queerness that's present in these stories and saying like, you're already here in the Bible. That's been a huge part of it. And another piece of it I think has been um, kind of decentering my voice as the dominant voice and making sure that there's time in every sermon ser service for um, the voices of congregants to be heard and listened to um, mm. because they, they know who God is and they know how God has worked in their own lives. And I think mm -hmm. that it's been really important to not be another space where they're instructed or told you know, who God is and what they should think about God, but rather that we're kind of a space of exploration and participation um, where they can discover that on their own terms. And I think that that is um, actually quite connected to, um, to trauma-informed work that you want to give people the authority and the autonomy to make their own set of decisions um, as opposed to like, putting them in another situation where lots of decisions get made for them so that they can kind of be in a space where they have, they have agency again. And honestly, I, I think, that. 
Yeah. I mean, people walk in the door and like they've, they've gone through situations of trauma where they've been mm-hmm. robbed of their sense of um, God's light in them. And mm-hmm. it doesn't help for me to then mimic that by being like, no, God loves you, you know, and kind of <laughs> slamming another right. contrary yeah, message down their sure. throat. But actually like they are theologians. They should have the chance to um, reflect theologically. So there's a lot of space for them to do that. Um, I'm sure that comes with patience too, right? Because you have to, if you're giving them the space to, <laughs> like, you have to be patient and you need to nurture that same feeling in them because that takes a while for them to kind of come around a little bit, right? Yeah, totally. And it's been a real learning curve for me because I think um, I'm I'm like a fast person. Like I move quickly. And I think um, with St. Lydia's, I was really focused on like building something. And there was always this kind of like urgency and rush to like grow quickly enough that we could sustain ourselves financially. I'm sure some of y'all know what that feels like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've really had to kind of pull back and slow down and understand that um, like one of my big learnings this year is that we had a big change in our congregation and it was really rattling for some of our folks um, because trust is not as easily earned as I had assumed that it was. Mm, Like I I think I assumed like I'm a good person. Like people tend to trust me. Like you all should trust me. But when someone's gone through an experience of trauma where the people in their lives have been like deeply untrustworthy, um, they actually shouldn't trust me. Like that's not a good it's not good for them to blindly trust someone who's um, a new figure in their life. So kind of um, remembering that slowing down and making decisions at a slower pace is going to be an important piece of this work has been, yeah, for certain a learning curve for me. Um, Hmm. And that sometimes things come up for people that um, I wouldn't expect, you know, I was raised in a context where, you know, the Episcopal Cathedral where I was raised in Seattle, we were one of the first congregations in the Episcopal Church to marry a gay couple in the 90s. Um, So my like memory of church is of like news cameras outside our church and people protesting. Like as we walked into church, I was like, oh, this is what church is like. Like people protest you when you make the right decision. (laughs) 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 But um, so that's kind of my context. And I saw you know, one of my earliest memories is like gay couples going up to receive communion, like holding hands. Like that was all. Yeah, it was amazing. It was an amazing gift. Um, So I really have a lot of learning to do when it comes to the experience of being in a very different context where you're kind of, it's like woven into your subconscious that like, there's something wrong with you. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think that like, it's, it's a liability and that sometimes I'm, I have my own blind spots and don't like understand, but it's also, um, it can be a strength that I didn't experience that level of trauma because I'm able to lead from a place that is not like trauma ridden. So whatever the circumstance, like you have to kind of figure out what your pitfalls and, um, and strengths are. But for me, that's been one of them is like knowing that I might miss certain things. Hmm. One of the uh, wildly uh, underreported things regarding uh, starting a church, church planning, is <laughs> is the humiliation of starting a church. And you mentioned it in your book. Can you talk? God, that is so. No true. one, no one knows that pain. Yes. As much as church planners do, can you can you explain? Uh, can, Talk about that a little yes. bit. I swear to God. So every church planter who has read this book that I know personally has sent me a text with a picture of that line. Yeah. <laughs> Being like, I've never felt so seen. Yeah. yeah. Oh <laughs> but it, it is a deeply humiliating experience. <laughs> and I think there's something about it that's like, it, sometimes it kind of feels like, um, I don't know, like, like, 
like you sort of had a dream, but instead of forgetting about it, when you woke up, you decided to like enact it with all your friends <laughs> that night. Like, it's like, what? Such what a good way I to doing? put it. <laughs> Why am I doing like this deeply personal thing, like in public with all of these people? Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, is this, is this bananas? Like, have I, am I doing something that's like really ill-advised? Um, <laughs> yes. And, yes. And you are. Yeah. Yes. Deeply. <laughs> But I think especially for me, you know, I was in this hyper secular context in New York City where right. being a Christian is just like the least cool thing you could possibly be right. unless right. you're like part of Hillsong and like have your own sort of like mini culture that you're a part of. Yeah. But in my world, like being a Christian was really seen as like tantamount to being not that smart um, and like really sort of like regressively just like. Just yep. bad. Well, there's there's some, there's some precedent for that. Yeah, I mean, it's like you have to check your brain at the door, yeah. like that kind of yeah, thing. That kind yeah. of thing, like not yeah. smart, super judgmental, right. anti-LGBTQ, right. Yeah. all these different pieces. Right. And I was like 26 at the time and single and trying to date and trying to sort of prove to myself that I was like cool enough to live in New York City, which I absolutely was not. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, the act of bringing together this group of people who were sort of like right on the edge of Christianity and, and saying like, let's sing a song and then like pray and then hold yeah. hands. And then, yeah. you know, like I'll bless you. Um, it was just like the weirdest experience. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> and also not having yet been ordained. Like I was still um, someone who was going through the process at that point and wasn't even sure that I wanted to be a pastor, but this church plant had kind of like, taken off without me in a certain way. And so I was figuring out everything about my pastoral identity, my identity as a woman, you know, later my identity as a queer person. I was just really in the thick of all of that identity yeah. work and trying to figure out who I am, but it is very exposing and um, very, I don't know, like I, I just, what I remember is like going home afterwards and literally curling into a ball and just yeah. feeling this sense of like so vulnerable and so, um, almost like almost ashamed in a certain way yep, um, yep. in terms of thinking like, is this even something that I have the capacity to do? Like I must be really, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, just, just really full of myself to think that this is something that people would want to follow me in this way. And yeah. of course it's, it's not really about being followed. It's about creating a community together, but you certainly have to go first, you know? Yeah. yeah, you do have to wonder, like, <laughs> you know, listening to you talk about, you have to wonder, like, if the Apostle Paul ever went home and was just like, dude, like, <laughs> what am I doing? With I could have just been a banker. I can't like, write anything. one more freaking like, letter. I could have been doing anything. <laughs> My hands cramping up. You know, I mean, it, it is. You just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Carving it into stone. <laughs> exactly. This sucks. Like, well, I mean, I think there I is. Broke another chisel. Yeah, but it is. I mean, it is such <laughs> a. It's such a soul sucking <laughs> experience. I mean, it mm. really is. That's. I remember one time years ago, Rob Bell talking about, we went to a conference back when we were still in ministry. And uh, the infamous Wisconsin story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So but, the 500th time yeah, we talked it. So, but I remember him saying like, he, he's talked about it in other books he's written to about his burnout. Like, mm -hmm. and, um, he said the way he described it was like, you know, everybody's got like this, you know, even with most jobs, you have your, your mental, gas gauge your physical gas gauge your emotional emotional gas gauge when you're in ministry you also have a soul gas gauge that like yeah. is constantly being depleted and mm -hmm. that is the one that like i mean i i was when i was in youth ministry years and years ago i burned out mm -hmm. um and 
it, I mean, I had nothing. I mean, I remember just, it was like, oh my God, I have to teach again. Like, I don't know mm. what, Yeah, I have nothing yeah, to yeah. say. I have nothing, like, yep. and. Yeah. Well, I was teaching, I mean, there were times where I was teaching like four times a week. Right, and like, I was doing, I was also a yeah. worship minister on Twice top on of Twice on Sundays, once on Wednesdays, like, yeah. college I mean, on Tuesdays. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. So, uh, don't miss that, um, funny mm-hmm. enough. Uh, but, uh yeah, I mean, there is like that weird soul component to doing the work that you're doing mm-hmm. that is that unless you've done it, you have no clue. You can't explain it to people yeah. and they don't, they'll never yeah. understand. I mean, I remember having conversations with people in my church and like, and one guy was like, I mean, he's, I was like, dude, you sell like foam insulation. Like that doesn't take any of your like Mm-mm. soul, yeah. like. You have no, because he was like, I mean, it's just like another job, and I was like, no, no, no it not. really isn't. Like, and, and you can't explain it, yeah, because if you haven't done it, you really don't. You know, know. students show so. up your house at midnight with yeah. a life crisis, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, enough talking about us. All right, yeah. yeah. Um, so <laughs> no, no, no. But let me add one more thing, which is that right, I think ahead. also as a church planter, there is a piece of it that in order in order to kind of like get this sort of springboard energy to do what it is that you're doing, yeah. you actually have to be like slightly delusional yeah. because, <laughs> because there's, you an actually, e- there's an ego piece there's an to ego, it. There's a huge yeah. ego piece that is just yeah. there, but there's also a piece about it. That's like, you have to be slightly delusional because you have to get people to see something that doesn't exist yet. And <laughs> right. like only you can yeah, see the thing. For sure. And so in order to get them to see it, you kind of have to be able to like talk about it as if it's already there in the here and now. And I think that there's something about that that's very actually um, beautiful in terms of it's like Advent in my tradition that like there's mm-hmm. this already yep. and not yetness about mm-hmm. it that like God is coming and doing something and also here in this moment and like something new is kind of coming into the world. But it's um, a dangerous place to be on the edge of that because you can definitely... Um, you can definitely go to a place where you are no longer telling the truth yeah. about what's actually taking place. Yeah, and yeah, you can yeah. definitely go to a place where your own, you can be high on that sense of like God doing something <laughs> and like start yeah. to need that hit and need that yeah. high mm-hmm. to yep, kind of keep yep. going. And I think especially in the, um, in a more evangelical world, there is almost a sense that like the leader's emotional high is needed for everybody else to like carry this sense of yep. like, yes, yep. 100%. Yep. And I can't imagine like that burden is just wild to me because, um, that's why ministers burn out just in record numbers. I mean, yeah, you can't like we sustain have to open, that. Offer hope. We have to offer joy. We have to offer the sense of like, All the but time. the thing is like, why is that coming from us? because my sense as a pastor, whenever I get to that place is like, it's also, also my job is to, is to offer like open a path to desolation and know that like God is still there at the bottom of that. My, my job is to open a path to grief, like not just Mm -hmm. opening this path to like up, 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 you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you talk throughout the book a little bit about, um, uh, dating, um, Mm -hmm. and and this, (laughs) You talk about okay cupid and the barrage of dick pics you receive um <laughs> could you could you talk a little bit about the struggle just, uh, I, I don't get it i don't i get just it, don't like can, can you <laughs> i just don't can you talk about the struggle of dating as a pastor because that's, like, that's not something we are familiar with if you all don't get it like who is it out there that's doing that? i don't know <laughs> i honest to god i don't know i don't i, it I is, don't know that is an impulse we have like women in our in our closed Facebook group that talk about they still receive it. I'm just like, why? That Who is, is so that? far removed from like my personality. I just cannot fathom at any point in my life ever going. You know what I should do? 
You know, <laughs> you know what she needs to see? I she don't even like. My I don't even like looking at my own. So ever. like, I'm not gonna send it to anyone else. Exactly. Like, wait, Moncton, say what? <laughs> Moncton, do you like? Would the gay gentleman like to weigh in? <laughs> okay, all right. No, no, no. Okay. Well, you're starting to say something. I just... Don't do that. Not here. I want to give your time. I just, I just can't. I just don't. No, I, I, I don't, don't yeah. like. Yeah, I don't know who's doing it, but it's man. It's, there's it's a there's not a per- intentional. That's all. Yes. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. that is definitely true. <laughs> so, so that experience yeah. of of mm-hmm. of dating while you're a pastor is not something we have experienced. We were married married before it happened. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's um, it's super weird, and I think. One thing that kind of that really helped in breaking it open for me was um, a more nuanced understanding of my identity as someone who's queer and someone who's genderqueer, because I, for a long time in my life, was kind of slotting myself into a very particular script around like who women are supposed to be and who men are supposed to be and what's supposed to happen between them. And I think that that was a huge piece of what was um, taking place during that time, because I had this part of my identity, which was that I'm a pastor and I'm a person who is rooted in the sacred. And um, that was like fundamentally very threatening to a heteronormative understanding of what relationships should look like. Um, It just, it really sort of um, highlighted the Madonna horror complex, which I think is like so Mm. rampant in our society where you know, men, cis, straight men, I will say, are sort of um, taught to either see women as these like perfect, pure, you know, untouchable things on pedestals like the Virgin Mary or the sort of opposite, quote unquote, of that, which is like someone who's debased and like is there to be debased, um, the sort of horror dynamic. And um, being someone who had like the auspice of like holiness or, um, you know, churchiness or what have you around me, sort of like, it was like, I could see the men's gears, like cranking, (laughs) like I could see them hitting each other and just like grinding (laughs) to a halt. Like they couldn't handle the, the, the both andness of it. (laughs) Yeah. Right. For sure. So yeah. And even, even for those who I ended up sort of moving into a relationship with, um, it was fascinating to see how it came up later on um, because it was still a source of discomfort. It was still a source of like somehow I was untouchable or removed or huh, better than yeah. what have yeah, you. Yeah. So, and that like, you know, all kinds of things that happened and I'm sure um, <laughs> we could go to in like a very Freudian really you know, direction <laughs> with this conversation, but <laughs> it's like more to talk about. But I think, sure. you know, that's, that's a piece of why I think it's so important to understand God as a multi-gendered, genderless presence in our lives because um, the idea that femininity had to be so removed from divinity is something that um, was like really deeply harmful for me at different points through my life. Um, Yeah, it was weird, super weird. And also I would say like as a pastor, you are already in a situation in a congregation where you feel you become quite isolated because you can't be friends with your congregation. You have to be oh, someone God, who's yeah. kind of set apart in a certain yep. way. So I was already set apart in that context. And yep. then attempting to date, attempting to f- make friends, I kept running into the sense of being set apart in yet another way. So, mm-hmm. you know, in the book, I talk a lot about how St. Lydia's probably came into being because I was like looking for an end to loneliness um, and hmm. kind of encountering and dealing with my own loneliness. But 
I, I just encountered more loneliness, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I think that, sure. yeah, that loneliness was not something that could be resolved by either a church or a relationship in the end. Boy, that's another aspect of being a pastor that nobody talks about is the uh, inability to really have <laughs> close friends yes. in the church and stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's a, uh, boy, you're bringing up a lot here. Mm. Um, that's my job. Yeah. <laughs> you're like uh, my therapist, but you don't <laughs> even know it. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, we want to do a lightning round, but before that, Michael, do you have any questions that we missed that you wanted to hit on? We're no, able to like give like signals to each other about who's doing questions. <laughs> right, <but> yeah. He's, <laughs> I'm, to- I'm totally good. He's on location. All right. Cool. You guys, anything? Any? <laughs> no, other? I'm good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, literally, we went through maybe a third of my questions. Yeah. So <laughs> That's get the generally book. how it goes. The book yeah. is called For All Who Hunger. Uh, we'll give away uh, uh, a copy on Twitter, twitter.com. Plus, Pastor's podcast, yep. um, and uh, people just have to like and retweet. Retweet. To, yep. Uh, to, I want to go to an advent service now. Yeah, yeah. I and, and God, I mean, like, that one of my questions was: you Advent. might drive me back to church. I'm like, God damn. In, in the actual book, you talk quite a bit about Advent and Mary, yeah. and and it, it's it's. I love we, Advent. This was scheduled like a month and a half ago, but like now it's just like perfect, so people can Here, just order it and, and and get it now. Here's how good you are at what you do. Book. Here's how good you. Yeah. It is. Here's how good you are at what you do. I was sitting there going, man, I could maybe try to start another church. Oh, I no. haven't had those thoughts how in. How much have you had to drink? <laughs> Nothing, hardly. Like, hardly. Yeah, <laughs> I said almost made me want to start another church. Almost, which is uh-huh. about I don't know, way closer than I've been in about the last five years. Yeah. So, yeah. wow. Yeah, wow. Yeah, what you're doing is beautiful. Like, yeah. Uh, the world would just be better if there was just more of it. Yeah. I mean, that's just all there yep. is to it. So appreciate you and what you do. And all right. You're, you're obviously a, a beautiful soul. So thank you for coming on this. Yes. Debase. This shit show. God forsaken <laughs> podcast. I so loved it. Thanks so much. Y'all. This is for right. some reason, <laughs> for some reason we still get people to show up and do interviews. Yeah, on this. I have no idea. We've had Richard Roar for God's sake. He's yeah. like <laughs> the most beautiful human on earth. And, be stooped low enough to come on this. <laughs> All right, so now it's time for for a lightning round. Are you are you, you have time to do a lightning round? Oh, I'm ready. Yeah. Do you? Oh yeah. Okay. So first, I have a few like book related questions that I need to just get in, and I'm going to say it's lightning round, but it's not really. Um, <laughs> so in in passing, you mentioned meeting a guy who believes that himself to be an elf. I need a little uh-huh. bit more details. Oh my god. Okay, so everybody has to go to Asheville, North Carolina. What more can you tell us? And go to the Mountain Light Sanctuary. <laughs> Two E's, um, I've learned. Which is this wild like refuge in the woods, which is led by this gentleman who um, believes he's an elf. And he'll tell you about it and talk about it. And it's a very oh. beautiful place. He's, he's built all these little shelters into the woods, and you can go kind of like glamp slash camp there. Wild. He carries a staff huh. that has a crystal that on the awesome. end of it. Yes. Count me in. That sounds amazing. Okay, now I'm interested. <laughs> so, how much money do we have in the pastor's account? Yeah, trip? yeah. My my partner has a cousin who uh, believes himself to be a, a fallen angel. Yeah. Um, oh, that's even fun even. fact. And and part time exorcist. Fun fact that fallen angel. Uh, when we had a church, uh, told us we were all going to hell. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, he. I'm. I'm not kidding you. He was. Works at Home Depot the rest of the week. <laughs> there was an article about him and his wife in the Daily Mail, of course. Yeah. Uh, um, about him exercising a demon from his from his from his his wife. So oh. you'd be surprised oh. to learn that he's completely full of shit. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I'm, I'm concerned he, about his he, wife. He, and he moved to Arizona where pot is legal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> you it's should be. Mess. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, you should be. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, but seriously, are we going to Asheville next week? Or like, <laughs> well, about next week, we might have to make that happen. It's only about a six-hour drive or so, yeah, seven-hour drive. It's not so. terrible, yeah. Um, okay, so uh, you referenced Chronicles of Narnia. I named uh, both my children after uh, Narnia characters. Puddle Glum and, and the White, 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 Witch. White Witch. Yes, that is their names. Puddle Glum and White Puddle Witch. Puddle Glum bass singer, White Witch bass singer. Yep. No, that is not. That's not fair. Yeah, it is. Um, so, Don't believe anything uh, he says. It's a lie. <laughs> do you have a, a favorite uh, Chronicles of Narnia book or uh, a scene in the series? Oh, Wow. Yes. I mean, my favorite scene in the series is the one mentioned in the book where Lucy and Susan untie the knots around Aslan's um, paws after he's been... Yes, that's the eff- best one. Ooh, effectively crucified. And um, I mean, that scene has stuck with me my whole life. And I think it's because it's little girls who are there with him. And yeah. um, mm-hmm. it's yeah. so tender and so... Um, there's so much power that's 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 vulnerable and weak in that moment. And I think that's kind of central to my understanding of Christianity. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an intense lightning round. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Mm, just yeah, fun just fact. FYI. Spoiler. Just yeah. FYI. Right. It sorry, is an sorry. intense lightning Here's round. the tip. We're really bad rounds. at lightning rounds. Yeah, uh, um, what is your beverage of choice? <laughs> oh, this is better. <laughs> Root beer. <laughs> okay. But if it's yeah. alcoholic, then whiskey. Oh, do you ever... Yeah. Pre- are, Okay. Okay. Well. Okay. Follow uh, up. Follow <laughs> up. Couple yeah, follow ups. Couple follow ups. We're bad at lightning rounds. A W are barks or are you doing something different? Uh, Barks, but really either I don't care. Yeah. Growing up, I thought it was Barks root beer. Everybody uh, in Indiana yeah. thought it was Barks root beer. <laughs> no, it's it's not. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, whiskey. Do you have a favorite whiskey? Oh, I don't. I'm happy with really <laughs> any whiskey. <laughs> but like, I, I that's like a, that's a fantastic answer from all over. Great any answer. whiskey, I'm fine Love with it. it. I want to drink uh, it. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's kind of where we're at. Yep. What is the last album you listened to, start to finish? Oh. So this is funny. Semisonic has a new album out. Do y'all remember them? What? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, Yes. Facebook is going to shut us down now. (laughs) And it's, they will, yeah. But it's so good. It's called You're Not Alone. Huh. Oh. Did not know they were even still alive, let alone still a group. They're having a reunion. I thought it was closing time. And this is great for a lightning round. Their drummer, Jake, is the Jake in my book. He went to St. Lydia's. Jake's what? Really? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's anyway, so awesome. you need right, to go and buy their now. EP because it's going to make you feel like it's the 90s and like the best way possible and like really make your yes. yeah. time feel like more, very much better. <laughs> Downloading now. I know who I want to take me home. So, uh, what is? Well, it depends on how much you drink. Yeah, well, <laughs> whether it's me or Brad, I know we've had to take your keys a couple times. Uh, what is the your favorite movie that you've seen in the last year? It doesn't have to have had come out in the last year, but you have had to have watched it in the last year. Oh my gosh! It's Dora <clears throat> the Explorer, on. isn't it? This is hard. Big this is hard. Well, it's been such a weird year. I'm like, have I been to the theater? I mean, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, wow, this is hard. I think us. That was this year, right? Or was that last year? Yeah, it was. It, I mean, you probably have seen it in this year. I don't yeah. think there's been a movie that's come out this yeah, year. Yeah, there is. Other than Tenet, like freaking Mulan. Tenet came out. And that was um, like $1,000. Well, Mulan wasn't even in. It was 30 No. Bucks. It wasn't even <laughs> in the theaters. Us didn't come out this year. It came out like 
almost two years ago. I just years on it. Because I lived in a different house at that point. Because I remember going home and being terrified in my other house. So no, not. But I do really love us, and um, it's so incredible. Anyway, I will say for this year, the new Emma that just came out. It was released. Oh. Yeah, it's very good. Okay. I have I have not mm-hmm. seen that. Um, what is the? You all look like you're really into Jane Austen. Yeah, <laughs> I actually. Uh, what gave it away? Can Can you tell? Michael's like right here, right here. Yeah, I, I, I have not read Jane Austen, but I've seen plenty of uh, Jane Austen go. films. Mm-hmm. So, um, what what what's your favorite TV show? I feel like. Mm-hmm. Man, it's so hard. I mean, right now I'm obviously obsessed with the Great British Baking Show because Ooh, it's oh, getting us through. <laughs> but also, um, my partner and I just watched The Undoing, and that was really good. Oh, I've heard about. I've just Ooh, heard yeah. about that. It just and made it to also, Indiana, so like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that <and> Top Gun. <laughs> In the middle of the Crown. Yeah, wait till they hear. Also... Wait till they hear about Kurt Cobain. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, have you heard about Nirvana? Brand new yeah. band. <laughs> We're a little behind here. <laughs> uh, what is the best sitcom theme song? I mean, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh, yeah. oh, that's hard to beat. <laughs> yeah, one. it's hard to beat. That's a good one. I still know every Boy, damn word. I could sing it. Yeah, <laughs> every word. Totally. Might have to do that later. Well, no, no, we're not doing that later. <laughs> what goes on a hot dog? Ketchup, mustard, and relish. Yeah, okay. and like well, little slices guest. of cheese if you can get them. Huh? Are you talking about like craft cheese? No, 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 no. Like a okay. cheddar. No, like she said cheese. cheese. Like an actual cheese. <laughs> no. Not a yoga actual mat. Cheese. Not, not, not yellow product. plastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you believe in the multiverse? Yes. Yes. Okay. What is the best Star Wars film? Because I, I, you did mention it in the book, and I wrote a note mm-hmm. to make sure I asked you that mm-hmm. question. I mean... The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it just has to be. That's like 90% of the time that's yeah. the answer. It My just, favorite yeah. is The Last Jedi, but, you know, Empire really? Strikes Back. Yeah. I, I'm not saying it's the best. I'm saying it's my it's favorite. It's your favorite. Really? Yeah. I find that. So Michael's like the biggest star He, he is his own ever. Wikipedia. Yeah. Like, he is. That Michael. No. Oh, yeah, <laughs> not, not, not the other. Not, not Michael Moncton. No, not. Yeah. I can't. Yes. Whatever. Yeah. Basinger, the paler one. one. Yes, <laughs> the, pa- the the paler Michael. <laughs> so I, I actually have a, a food letting run question. Okay, living in okay. Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Okay, what part of New York has the best pizza? Oh wow, <clears throat> that's really hard. It's I mean, hard, I'm gonna it? I'm gonna go off the rails here a little bit, and I don't okay. know how you're gonna feel about it, but actually, I think that the best pizza is in New Haven, Connecticut. What? I've been there. So yes. good. So you have three. Really? You have Pepe's. They claim to have invented the pizza, which we okay. don't really believe, but you have Pepe's and you have Sally's and then you have Bar. Um, and Bar makes this amazing pizza with garlic mashed potatoes on it. It's I've heard of it. real. Yeah, you've heard of it. You know what yeah, I'm talking I about. Yeah, it's I've so good. I've been for a period of time, so I'm, I know the area so very well. Are we making a road trip to New Haven? Is that, is that what I heard? <laughs> you I can get awesome. Grubhub from there. <laughs> Door dash it. Door dash, yeah. yeah. Here's your six thousand dollar pizza. Yeah. <laughs> it's cold. Sorry. Yeah. All right. Where? And the last question, which is probably the most important. Okay. Where can people find you online? 
They can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and my website is emilymdscott.com. And I have some writing and stuff like that that's posted there. Nice. Nice. Huh. All right. Yay. Thank you so much yeah. for coming on the Thank podcast. Thank you so much. It was wonderful. Yep. Now that you have zero chill. You gotta go live. I didn't know what you were doing. Uh, it takes a second for it to process that we're going live. God damn it. The five stars get red. The one star is dead. No five stars. All right, Twitter. Yeah. Inconceivable. Fuck all of you. Fuck you. Spend all your time. I would like to dedicate this first link. It's your mother. Fucker. <laughs> I'm so tired right now. <laughs> butt burglar. Butthole. Dumbass. Butt munch. Dumbass. Butthole. Ass munch. Butt dumpling. Dumbass. Butt munch. Butt munch. Butthole. <laughs> and shove it up your butt. All right. Jesus. Oh my god, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Michael! Everybody stay calm. Make it stop. Stop down. Look what you did, you little jerk. Do I ever tell you look like a penis with a little hat on? <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Goddamn. Ladies and gentlemen, the white. Introducing Bass Balls. I wanted to <laughs> I finally just leaning into it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> All right. Michael. <laughs> god what? damn. What's up? <laughs> He's just the worst. <laughs> you are home. I know. I want to go home too, Michael. Uh, you are home as Twitter well. Twitter feedback. I seen nothing at Brandon Evans six one nine. Thrilled to hear Wolfgang Dogadeus Mozart. <laughs> Maybe next week we'll feature Joe Hound Sebasset Bark. Hashtag Kojo Kujo Kato Keto. Hashtag Rock Me Like Were a Huracan. I really feel like we missed an opportunity with that. Hat. And hashtag Butter My Crescent Roll. Butter My Crescent Roll. Uh, and then Butter My Crescent Hole. No, it said roll. No, he got it wrong. It's better my crescent hole. Whatever. Uh, nobody cares. <laughs> I see nothing at nobody Brandon cares. Evans again. Also, I was listening in the card when Michael nobody said, cares. hashtag Kojo Kujo Kato Keto. The spare change in my cup holder started to float. Coincidence? Maybe. I'm not superstitious, <laughs> but I am a little stitious. Yeah, just a little stitious. All right. That's it. Um, all right. Uh, hashtags. Well, oh, we're going to do hashtags now? Yeah. Yeah, that's generally okay. what we do. Cool. We paid close attention and we wrote them all down. Now it's time to decide our hashtag. Hashtag, il- hashtag. illegible. <laughs> hashtag, I'm 51% corn. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag, crap it up. Hashtag, Jesus 3000. Uh, Andre's brother. Yeah. <laughs>
I was right there. What was that even from? Uh, it was the, he was saying, what was the name of that thing that bleeped shit out? <laughs> I said, Jesus 3000. Uh, hashtag red naked nice. Yeah. Hashtag reptile that's, zero. That's not going to win, but that's a really solid hashtag. Rep, reptile zero. <laughs> hashtag and a little prickly. Hashtag chunked and peppered. Hashtag harvest the tears of America. <laughs> Cast across America. I can't remember this one. Hashtag the fucking mouthfuls. Oh, that's the, the town in Austria. Oh, yeah. yeah. What's the mascot? The oh, fucking mouthfuls. That's the best one so far. Hashtag nonsense. You need the star there. Hashtag uh, non. You need the star their basketball team is. Johnny comes a lot. No. It's just not even no. That's no. just a reach. Just stop. Move That's, on. God damn it. Hashtag nonsentient cum dumpster. I want to make I want to make a your mom joke, but I don't want to no. offend anybody. No. Uh, <laughs> hashtag hashtag pet that hog. Hashtag smells like vegetable soup. I got uh, that might be the winner, and man. Then hashtag the world's smallest tent. <laughs> hashtag the scary services. Hashtag 50 minutes of our liturgy was for a building fund. <laughs> hashtag crap it up. Hashtag you'd better redneck and eyes. Hashtag long and slim and firm. Hashtag chunked and peppered. Hashtag Andy more filth. Hashtag penal devolving. What? I don't know. What was that from? I don't know. I got nothing on that Hashtag. one. Hashtag. Is that from the kid that ripped his dick off from that story? <laughs> Might be. Hashtag three hours to draw dick and balls. And hashtag it's a nice stocking stuffer. Well. <laughs> Michael, do you have any? Um, so I have Reptile O, Delectable Deals, um, <laughs> Steam It Up. <laughs> Clone a Willy. Um, sm- <laughs> smells like vegetable soup and crap it it's up. Got, it's got to be smells like vegetable soup. All right. Here, here's, here's mine. I would be illegible. Um, hashtag milkshake and three succulents. <laughs> uh, I've got uh, chunked and peppered. Harvest the tears of America. A moist sock. <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's filet of peen. The Hair- fucking cum socks. <laughs> um, hair-, hair tonic for your nuts. Uh, cum dumpster. Smells like vegetable soup. And see my gonzo. What the fuck? No, that, was, that was something I said during the interview. Oh, Nobody God. wants to see my gonzo. <laughs> I caught that. It's got to be smells like vegetable soup. Be smells yeah. like vegetable that's, soup. That's a that's no-brainer. Pretty, that's pretty legendary. Yeah. <laughs> Michael, well done. Can somebody sing that to the tune of Smells Like Teen Spirit? Oh, God. All right. What a mess. Michael, thank you for coming on this podcast. Well, not coming, but, you know, being on the podcast. <laughs> Maybe no. next time. Thank you for that being did, on the thanks podcast. Thanks for being on this podcast. I have to look at you guys, so that did not happen at all. <laughs> Fair enough. It didn't? Or it did? We can't see your lower third, so. No, it did not. Oh, damn it. Dry. Next time. <laughs> next time. Like a, Just invert. 
It's, it's dusty. Inverted. Like the damn Sahara. It's down so there. inverted <laughs> you have a tail now. <laughs> you got to stick exactly. your thumb up your butt to pop it out. We'll take a while for you to find it again. Thank you. Sorry. We are the we are the cold showers of Michael's sexual fantasies. <laughs> you sure are. For real. All right. Let's, let's close this shit of, out. Michael doesn't think of baseball. He thinks of the bastards. Wait, do, do I think of grapefruit. Um, <laughs> God damn it. Michael, if you've listened to this episode in its entirety, hit us up on social media with the hashtag. Hashtag smells like vegetable soup. We are on Twitter at Pastors Podcast. <laughs> I can't swallow this burp. At MJ Basinger and at Mon- Mon- what's your what's your thing, Michael? Uh, Monctonius eighty seven. Monctonius sixty nine. No eighty seven, not sixty nine. Um, we are on Facebook, on Twitter, on patreoncom Pastors Podcast. You can even help shape the content of this show. Maybe even be a... <laughs> God damn it. You can even help shape the content of this show like Timmy McMahon. <laughs> Looks like two bobcats fighting. <laughs> That is the most. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most horrifying well, sexual noise. I'm telling that That's shit. Three inches of wonderful. Okay. God. All right. She was happy with little Dicky. <laughs> so long. Thanks for all the fish. Oh.